0: Seinfeld, the finale is over, but we are just getting started here on our recap of the Seinfeld finale on the Seinfeld Post Show Recap. And now here are the two guys who are just finishing up three some odd years of hard time. I'm Rob Cisternino. Here is Akiba Winokur. Keith, how are you? Yeah,
1: we're escaping the gulag.
0: <laughs> yep. All right. Well, Akiva, here we are. Part one of our Seinfeld finale podcast. We're going to be talking about just the episode here today. All of the extracurricular we are going to save for next week. So send your emails in still for the Seinfeld finale recap. Seinfeld at postshowrecaps.com. And then uh, we'll call this a run, right? Yeah, uh, we got this week. We got next week. No, we got one more thing. Yes. Well, we have our one extra live show and really maybe Seinfeld itself could have taken this route where they could have done this sort of like morbid finale episode and then come back with one last regular episode to close things out like we're going to do.
1: Well, you think they should have done the finale last week and then ended with the Puerto Rican day this week? That would have well, been
0: maybe not. <laughs> they could have ended on the Frogger. Nobody would have complained with that. Right. Well, I think uh, here's here is my question.
1: Uh, and, but you know, I don't want to, like, really give away and spoil how we feel about the finale. But what if they they just made it a regular episode, but it was a good episode? Let's just say it was one of the better episodes from season nine. So the finale is a normal episode. Nothing out of the ordinary. It's the Frogger, maybe the chicken roaster. Mm-hmm. What do you
0: think the reaction is? Well, you know. Everybody Loves Raymond, I think, took that approach for the finale. They didn't do like some big finale that was much different. I think there might have been like, you know, sort of like a sweet scene between Raymond and Robert. I'm not sure if you're an everybody. I think I think his mom
1: thinks that I actually I'm not I'm not a Raymond fan, but I did watch the series finale. I think like his mom thinks he's dying during the episode. Yeah, but it's nothing. That's like it was more of like a light season finale. Certainly not a series finale, right? But not nothing.
0: Nothing otherworldly. You know, we'll talk about the challenges of ending Seinfeld because it's a show where they were sort of insistent from the get go that these characters do not learn. There's no hugging. There's no sort of happy endings for these characters. Like Friends was an easy show to end. You know, Friends is all about sort of like, you know, ending seasons on like these benchmarks and cliffhangers and weddings and babies and getting together. And will they or won't they? And they certainly are going to have some fun toying at Jerry and Elaine getting together together in the finale but i think that overall this was going to be a tall order for them to try to bring this plane down in more ways than one right i I think the question along the way that we should discuss is like what could they have what would
1: have been better well because i think even if they ended on a relatively classic episode like the frog or like the chicken roaster i do think people would have been furious that they didn't do anything even if maybe they added a couple of uh you know like maybe some of the Side stuff from this episode into that episode, like you know, maybe George saying I cheated on the con- in the contest or something like that, mm-hmm. or or Elaine saying I've always then then not finishing the sentence. But I, I just think people would have been furious, and they were furious anyway. But I, I I don't know how they could have solved the problem. So we'll, I'm sure in the next couple of hours, maybe we'll figure that out.
0: We'll talk about this. I will mull it over as well over the course of the next week. And I hope to get some feedback from you guys as well. If you have some thoughts yeah, on Yeah, send us how, your
1: best, like fin- how you would have ended the finale. I agree. That should just be the whole next episode of alternate pitches
0: of what they could have
1: done. I'm here for that. I have uh, we've got some good stuff already for next week. Good. Yeah. Um, one more thing. Also, before we really get into like the scene by scene, nitty gritty. Uh, can we talk about the the live show for one more second?
0: Yes, that's right. So unlike Seinfeld that went out with this episode, we have one episode that we've been saving in the can, The Frogger, which you and I will podcast live with whoever wants to join us. We are in the process of still trying to figure out what that looks like. So what we really could use is a headcount because I think we know what the 15, 20 person version looks like. I think what's a little foggier, velvet foggier and not froggier is what the 80 person of this looks like. So we set up a Facebook event through Post Show Recaps. And what we'd love to do is that if you are going to be there with us on the night of November 7th, the Tuesday night, around 7 p.m. in New York City, some part of Manhattan... If you would like to be there with us in person, please go to postshowrecaps.com slash frogger and just let us know that you're coming so we know what to try to put together.
1: Yeah. How how big the room needs to be. Because it's hard to really. Like, people have been tweeting and emailing me saying, like, hey, I'm coming, but I'd like it if we had it all in one place. And if you're a maybe, you know, you could add that you're a maybe. Uh, that Facebook has the option interested, which to most people means I'm not coming, but I want to be polite. I don't even think they have the no option anymore on Facebook. Uh,
0: yeah there's going and interested. I mean, unless you're like ninety percent, don't hit interested. Just hit you're not going, and then just so we have like. Well, a you don't to hit you're not
1: hit going. Down. If you're not going, you don't. Have to there go, like, is no option of not it going. In. It's
0: going or interested or nothing. There's no option. I think there is a not going, going, but it doesn't show. It
1: just it you're just it's just off the board because you can click on a Facebook group. Who knows? We don't know how
0: it works. We don't know how anything works. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And if you can't figure it out, message me and I'll we'll send you the link to it. OK, so that's what we're trying to figure out, because if it's like 10 people, we could just be in like a hotel room somewhere. Well, wow, that sounds wrong. I mean, it's definitely not going to be 10 people. OK,
1: we've already had way more than. Yeah. If it's two people, we could be in a hotel room. somewhere. But I think okay. we've already had way more than 10 people. But we just it's hard to gauge these things. I'm not yeah. one of those people that could look at a crowd and be like, oh, that's like that's like forty five hundred people. I don't know if it's a thousand or a million. Mm-hmm. You know, if there was like an inauguration or something, I have, I have no idea how many people it is. Okay. So I can't gauge based on people tweeting at me.
0: So let us know. Post dot com slash Frogger. And if you could do that in the next couple of days, that would be really fantastic as we start to get the ball rolling on planning all of this stuff. All right, Keeve, are you ready to dive into the finale of Seinfeld? Not the finale of Everybody Loves Raymond, which is also called the finale where a brief complication after minor surgery forces the Barones to consider life without raymond
1: you think they should have killed raymond in the finale
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would have been very dark that would have been very dark uh, Ultimately,
1: yeah, ultimately uh, but nobody really like talks about like raymond is not really in like the cultural like lexicon anymore you know
0: yes i think that it was a show that people uh really did like it was a show you could watch with your family but in terms of sort of like the rewatch value, it's almost like I Raymond was more of a throwback than something that was really cutting edge. And they had certainly episodes where they were like Seinfeld talking about something without saying exactly what it was. But it was the kind of show that you could watch with your whole family. And everybody was entertained and they weren't going to offend anybody along the way. And it was a quality show, and so th- that it really it was well done, but it wasn't really pushing the envelope or changing the discourse of the way that television shows were being made at that time. No, uh,
1: my people would say it was par. It was very vanilla,
0: <laughs> but delicious, delicious vanilla. But uh, my, no my family were all big, very, very big. Everybody was Raymond fans. I feel like everyone's like uncle, like Raymond, <laughs> like your
1: uncle and Boca. Everyone They were like big Raymond people.
0: Yeah. OK, so Kiev, do you remember where you were on the night of the Seinfeld finale? Yeah, I was at my parents' house where I lived. Um, well, let me say
1: that uh, I, I, I do. There, there was a very the most minor of Jewish holidays. There's still school but for whatever reason every school takes kids on like it's like the one day year where they take you on a field trip so we went to eisenhower park which you're probably familiar with right from long island and we played baseball i think we played the the uh, kids from long island versus the kids from the city from queens and brooklyn uh and i think we lost but we had a dress code every day however because that was the school trip uh, you know, you didn't have to follow the dress code You could wear, you know, sporting clothes You didn't have to wear whatever you want. So I happened to have a uh, Can't stand you t-shirt A George Costanza mm-hmm. t-shirt With, with uh, Bookman And um, and I was able to wear my Seinfeld shirt all day The day of the, uh, the finale
0: Yeah, okay Well, well done Good job by you Yeah, I really wish I still had that shirt I
1: can't find it anywhere on the internet uh, <laughs> It does not exist um, So then I watched the finale by myself at home um no one in my family was interested i I was ninth grade you're not like inviting friends over for a party maybe if i was in 10th grade i would have um and i do remember like uh i was tired from like a day of playing sports which i don't normally do and i felt i was so excited after the episode the core four and i think larry was going to be on jay leno like the whole the whole show basically was right it was going to be like a tribute to seinfeld and I fell asleep during the evening news. I even stayed through ER, which I normally didn't watch. Wow. Um, and I remember thinking, like, because it's pre-YouTube, obviously, by many years, thinking like, well, I'll never see that. And now, like, if I wanted to, I'm sure it's on YouTube. But I did not watch the, uh, the, the core four with Jay Leno mm-hmm. in preparation today. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I watch it by myself. And uh, I'm curious where, where and how you watched it.
0: So I feel like that I was at college, uh, during this time, May 14th, 1998 was the date, but I feel like that that is getting very close to the end of the semester. And I don't know exactly, like I'd have to imagine that if it was not already finals week, that we were going to be, uh, moving out from college, uh, very soon after that. So, that was uh, something that was probably very top of mind. So I sort of remember the room that I was in, but I don't remember a lot of details about that specific night or Wayne night. I mean, it's possible you could have been home already. You could no, have been home. No, I remember from, uh, that I was still in college when it happened. I, or that um, I don't remember. I have to go and take a look at what the Oswego uh, spring semester of uh, 1998 looked like in terms of the school year. I don't know how I would ever be able to figure that out, but I do believe that i watched the Seinfeld finale. Do you want to
1: call SUNY Oswego now and ask like the registrar yeah. or, like when finals yeah, were? Yeah, when were in finals in,
0: in spring 98? That's what I would need I to need know. I need to know for my podcast. They'll be
1: like, all right, you're not one of our uh, esteemed alumni, I
0: guess. Yes. Okay. Are you calling to donate money? No? Okay. <laughs> Click. Okay. I'm kind of asking for money. <laughs> right. So... We'll see. Yes, I can look at the uh, the fall 2017 exam schedules, but I do not know when the spring 98 exam schedules were. Right. But I, I think Where I was, I was still school, we I, I think though, I, I was you. still at, at school up until around uh, the, uh, the 20th. When, when did the Mets trade for Mike Piazza? I, I don't think that was till June let's see i i think it was in late i think it was in late may i think that was uh yeah and this was day it may 31st maybe? may 22nd mets trade oh, for okay. mike piazza so uh it was right so it was the following weekend is when the mets pulled off the trade for mike piazza so uh those we two- have to say and i
1: know where i was when when uh when princess announced the trade i was with my friend andrew who listens to this podcast uh driving up to his parents house in upstate new york and we it was like one of the best days of our life when they traded for Piazza. Right. Uh, and I'd say the Seinfeld finale and then Piazza getting traded. This was like one of the more important weeks of my entire life. Mm-hmm. Dorky as that sounds.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the Dodgers would end up trading Mike Piazza to the Marlins the day after the Seinfeld finale, which is going to be the 15th of May, 1998. So I think that that might have been like the weekend that my parents picked me up from college. And then I was going to be uh, coming back home after that.
1: Yeah, trade of the century, Sports Illustrated called it, when the Dodgers and Marlins made that trade. Yes. Then the Mets swung the deal for Piazza six days later.
0: There you go. Okay. So, Keeve, enough of where we were. Let's get into where everybody else was in this Seinfeld finale. And it really is an unusual episode uh, to me. Of course, uh, Larry David is going to come back famously uh, for this episode. He has been gone all through Season 8 and Season 9. He came back to write it. It really, in my memory that I remembered it was bad, it really felt very oddly constructed in terms of rewatching this last night. The whole episode, you're the saying? The whole episode. I feel like it starts off like a normal episode and then. The final 30 minutes to me are just really surreal. And it does not even feel like that. I'm watching the same show that I've been watching now with you for 180 episodes.
1: Yeah, um, it's structured weird. Now, you have to put yourself in the shoes of someone who's watching this for the first time, because, again, they're not putting this on for nerds who rewatch it 20 years later. And remember, you're very you're nervous. It's like when you're watching the series finale of a show, like think about you're watching the series finale of Breaking Bad or Lost, right? Mm-hmm. You're like looking at the clock and you're like, oh, my gosh, there's 28 minutes left and they haven't solved A or B or C, right? Um, I, There's a, there's like a certain like, you know, you're, you're like anxiety that you're that's happening when you're watching. And it's like, all right, they haven't gone anywhere yet. Or like, what's, you know, where how's this going to end? There's only 12 minutes left. Um, but from I, I'll say this, watching it, you know, talking about where I was watching it in real time when I'm when I'm uh, 13 years old or 14 years old. It, when this airs I, like I was so happy the entire episode i you don't it didn't occur to you i i just think now we, we we're gonna nitpick this to death but i i do need to say that it, it was like the idea of of a like getting this like jumbo sized episode you know we talked about it last week but the clip show was was you know one of the great clip shows of all time ending with with you know famously the green day songs so you're you're coming in really fired up coming in hot right and by the way one of the weird things that and they talk about this a little bit in, in sort of like the 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 super long inside look which is called like the last leap is like i think they made a mistake because the the court scenes even have flashbacks in them so i think it's weird to do a clip show and then to do a show with so many clips in it i i mm-hmm. do wonder if maybe they shouldn't have done a clip show or they should have done it the previous like a, a different week and not ba- not leading into the episode or and hear me out. It's a little bit unconventional. But what if you do the episode and then do the clip show after?
0: I think that the problem here is that, you know, pre YouTube world, I think that they were worried not everybody is super familiar with the clips, So I think you needed the clips for when the Marble Rye lady testifies that yeah. you need to see the clip of like, who is that? What is,
1: it? is that? Oh, yeah. is that you know what that's like? It's like because because 76 million people watch this episode, it's a little bit like the Super Bowl. Whereas in week seven, Chris Collinsworth might explain what, you know, Spider-Y Banana is. But during the Super Bowl, he's going to have to explain the rules of overtime very slowly because there's so many people who are casual fans who only watch that one, you know, game or in this case, the one episode. Mm-hmm. So I agree that, you know, you're doubling the audience of any other episode from the whole series except for last week's, And there's just so, so many people. Who who needed the push? And I'm sure even casual seinfeld fans, because the show is so much harder to rewatch in a pre-Netflix world, might not have said, "Oh, like immediately off the bat, like, oh, I know who Maple Chote is." Like if you missed an episode, or if you know you only watched it once or twice, you're you're gonna miss, you know, like, oh, I don't remember that lady in the, in, you know, from the handicapped spot, right? But uh, here's the thing: like they need they tried to serve a 10,000 masters during this episode, right? Like every single relevant person who's still alive, basically. They they try and they try and squeeze into the episode. A lot of people like Putty says, like you know, I looked at the whole script. I have one line, and I'm like happy to be there and be sort of like prominent. But he only speaks once or twice during the episode. Um, I do think they tried so hard to get everybody in, and you know, we'll go we'll go over this a lot more in detail. But like the, I, I it just seems like they're trying to serve 400 masters in this episode,
0: right? And also, once we get to Massachusetts after the plane lands. I'm not sure what the production schedule was like or what the studio audience situation was. Everything was under such a lock and key. I have to imagine there was no studio audience for any of that. So no. there's a laugh track, but it feels like that they don't even quite know where to put some of the laughs in. I just like the the whole pacing of everything with the trial feels off. There's are sort of like these long packages with Geraldo that aren't funny and i'm not sure if they're supposed to be funny to me i I really i was really blown away with i thought that maybe i was too hard on the finale in the initial run and that we would Mm -hmm. watch it and we would celebrate it but honestly i really feel like the finale is bad yeah
1: well i'm not on the same page really i understand why you say that as an objective piece of content to rewatch it is completely insane and um it is not a great episode of television but i'm telling you i was pumping my fist as like a seinfeld super fan who had watched every episode before the Good. show went off the let's air. talk through it then yeah um but i will say like it's not it was not intended to really be held to the fine tooth comb we're about to hold it to
0: that's fine that, that's fine and i'm not even talking about like oh they would never be prosecuted under that like i'm not even talking about like the chester no, that's for next week yeah that's for that's for
1: next week I, I also will say you're watching this episode you know uh today on the dvds or or on hulu or whatever the, the court case is 30 minutes of television time mm-hmm. the court case is like an entire episode of law and order right like it is there is so much time spent in massachusetts it's insane
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) you forget how quickly they get there okay let's get into the opening of the episode which is the return of jerry doing stand-up keeve of course that we had not seen jerry deuce any stand-up since larry left the show in the notes about nothing they mention about how jerry needed to take more of a hands-on approach to creating the show in season 8 and season 9 and then with larry back in the mix He was able to go back out and uh, add this piece of stand up.
1: Right. This is this is a totally new piece of stand
0: up. And unlike most of the stand up, do do you think this connects to the episode at all? Hmm. Uh, What does he talk about that? We need more time. Uh, I mean, I guess you could sort of really more like the sitting down. Like, is that Kramer? Not really. Yeah. No, it doesn't really relate to anything. And and it's not funny. It's actually one of the weaker stand ups of the whole series. (laughs) Yeah. Not, not great, but it's setting off the tone of the evening of the Seinfeld finale. I just hate her. <laughs> so we start off in the diner where we see George and Jerry and uh, George has a burger in front of him. He can't eat the burger without ketchup. And they're trying to flag down the waitress. She's not paying attention to them. Even uh, Jerry seems a little bit over it in this scene of he says it's like going out with someone and you never hear from them they're both like yeah i I don't know is it is it really even like that you know a lot of the the
1: pre-massachusetts scenes also seem very quiet Mm -hmm. you know there's like a little bit of a gravitas to the scene but also like not filmed before a studio audience so like if they're putting in a laugh track it's at different times than the audience would actually be laughing right so it's it seems very quiet in a lot of these scenes
0: yeah i wonder if they really feed off the energy from the live crowd and then Mm -hmm. doing these scenes without an audience there because there was so much secrecy about this even when they're talking about going on the plane where should we go Uh, like i i seem to remember that there was a lot of mystery surrounding like what direction is the Seinfeld finale going to ultimately yeah. go into a lot of and, rumors floating yeah do you remember any rumors I I don't
1: I I remember like discussing them but I don't remember specific rumors to be honest um I I think like in hindsight the only through line because there's not like a season nine really story through line it does make sense to go back to the Jerry well to me that was an obvious decision
0: yeah yeah and honestly, I feel like that the the first third or so, like uh, I'm all in on where the story is going. Uh, okay, let's get this project back on the ground. And we had a little bit of a false start with this at another point. Uh, I think it was in was it in season eight, where there was some talk about maybe getting it going again in Japan. But, uh, you know, I, I would have been fine with sort of like uh, figuring it out. And honestly, that season four finale would have worked great as a series finale
1: yeah i agree that would have worked too and you could have gotten the reaction of everyone for you could have spent one second with the soup nazi instead of 20 seconds and you know and and multiply that by 20 different you have know, the 19 witnesses in the court case that we see mm-hmm. um literally 19 witnesses in the court case uh and five more cut if from the deleted scene at least yeah. um plus the real george steinbrenner gets cut too um <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's actually an interesting point. Going back, like if it had just been the finale airing and people were like, this is a show about nothing, but it sucks. Goodbye, it gets canceled. That's mm-hmm. the, end of the series. I think that would have been a really good. Even though the the pilot episode of the show we didn't love, it's not a great episode, but I think it might have worked really well as an ending. But yeah, going back to what you said a minute ago, the first fifteen eighteen minutes of this episode are really like solid Seinfeld. It's a totally fine episode.
0: And so George, he needs the catch up. He asked the people behind them, hey, uh, can I borrow the ketchup? And she says that basically, uh, no, she doesn't know if she's going to need it or not. What does it even mean? Right. Yeah, I'm going to need it from time to time. I mean, she doesn't even appear to be eating anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, so ask for it back.
0: <laughs> well, it seems like there's only a drop in there. Maybe that sort of informs uh, whether or not she's going to use it. Yeah. So, so she it,
1: should have said that. Like it's really empty, you know. That's a, then you come off looking normal. He's not going to beg you for the empty ketchup,
0: right? It's the I can't spare a square of condiments. Yeah, exactly. So Jerry wants to know if George wants to go to the movies. George is over even going to the movies. You just sit there, you eat popcorn. What's the point? I mean, it's, it's this is just sort of saying like, all right, we've done this before. You know, we've
1: mm-hmm. seen death blow. We don't need to see death blow too.
0: Okay. Jerry says, well, you have your health. And George says health isn't good enough. He wants more than health. He wants his 15 minutes. So is this sort of like a uh, wish that ends up being fulfilled in this monkey's paw twisted way, Keith? Yeah, I mean, from a
1: from a like a kayfabe Seinfeld world where everything is real. This is the most famous George gets, right? Like they're on the cover newspapers. It's the Geraldo's coming there. They're national news. So this is George's George's 15 minutes, even more so than, you know, selling multiple pilots, which doesn't, you know, might get you in Variety or The Hollywood Reporter, but doesn't get you real fame.
0: Yeah. And finally, the woman gives George the ketchup, but there's nothing in there. Yeah. Maybe a
1: metaphor for the episode, according to Rob.
0: <laughs> so, George, I'm, I'm going into this with an open mind. Keeve, you can you can convince me otherwise of what I'm missing. I, I kind of did a reversal on the lost finale at one point. Well, you like the Lost Finale now? I don't think it's that bad. I sort of like, uh, you know, I could get talked into it. Yeah, I mean, the
1: finale is not that bad. If like the if like the if you just don't write, you know, you have to write off like seasons five and six altogether, basically before that. Right. Like the finale can't save what what season five and six did. The Mm -hmm. nonsense that went on. (laughs) All
0: right. So we see George on the street with uh, Jerry. Somebody says to them, nice day. And like, what is that? why would you know they, they really do go all in on making the core four as unlikable as possible here in the finale yeah at the beginning of the
1: finale it's yeah you have to you have to remind people it's funny because they did a great job for 178 episodes before these two of like yeah we, we get the point like they've people have died because of them they robbed little old ladies like but yes, they do rub it in with like, oh, yeah, we hate everybody.
0: You know, I think that that's really part of the core of my frustration with this final episode is that they really do go all in on making them as unlikable and as stupid as possible across the board. And I don't know about you, Kiev, but I have a fondness for these characters. Yeah. I don't hate them. I don't wish ill upon any of them. I didn't watch Mm -hmm. Seinfeld saying like, "Okay, this is Tony Soprano or this is Walter White. And I hope that nobody ever. Right. Nobody
1: ever used the word antihero once in the history of Seinfeld.
0: Yeah. And so I don't know why the creators by Jerry and Larry felt the need to punish these characters uh, so much this one final time. I get that there's a little bit of karma, but I feel like that the karma came down so hard against them in this episode that in that's part of the reasons why it's not fun. Whereas, you know, I that friends I have said is the inferior show. But at the end of the day, friends wants you to like all of the characters and wants you to root for happy endings for all of those characters and want good things for all of those characters. Why couldn't we have that in Seinfeld?
1: Okay, so they're okay. So I mean, the base answer is right. They're bad for the for the you know, all nine seasons. And here's the thing. In hindsight, now, when you discuss Seinfeld, you say, oh, there's four there are four bad people who are really self-centered. But again, and we've said this 100 times, if you were writing an article about Seinfeld, you know, oh, it's a show about nothing. Oh, they're like breaking, you know, sort of like the format and stuff. I, I read everything there was to read about Seinfeld. I still have like, uh, you know, mem- like memorabilia books in my house here. Of like, you know, like, you know, commemorative, like Seinfeld's going off the air, like think pieces and articles. Not one person ever says, oh, it's, this is a show about four bad, selfish people. Never. It was mm-hmm. never said. Maybe right. it should have been said. It, it, it's not they're not retconning. They are bad people. Right. Right. It, it's, they're not making it up. But the, like, that's not how the audience felt. That's what you're saying is true. Nobody nobody was nobody wanted them to get their due you know, if Newman got hit by a bus, we would be fine, right? <laughs> sure. Like I, we, nobody rooted for Newman, but these are your good guys.
0: And to add to that, I don't feel like that anybody was thinking that they are bad people. I think that part of the appeal of Seinfeld at the height of its popularity is that, Oh, these are people who are dealing with the same things that we're dealing with. This is a mirror of how people really talk that this is us and I'm not talking about the NBC show that my wife is obsessed with. How do you think that series is going to end? <laughs> that's going to end yeah, on a sad note too, I bet. There'll be oh yeah, a lot of a crying. There'll <laughs> be a lot of oh yeah. crying. <laughs> so,
1: my my parents have not watched a television show together their entire marriage. They've been married almost 35 years and they watched This Is Us together. First show yeah. they've ever watched.
0: Right. Right. So that's just, you know, the, if you're ready to cry it out, that, that that's the show for you. But That being said, this is just some uh, big picture thoughts on everybody here in the finale. So Kramer shows up in a car and like Elaine like flips over when Kramer uh, stops short. Not sure uh, what's going on with Elaine's seatbelt here. Yeah,
1: this is a longer scene in the deleted scenes also.
0: Right. And again, they are deleted scenes for a reason. Kramer is going to the beach. Really no reason. We don't follow anything going on with Kramer at the beach just so he can ultimately end up with water in his ear later on in the episode. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He, he does this to, to sort of like tie it in the same way Elaine, uh, you know, needs to make the phone call to jail. Same right. idea.
0: So Elaine has to call her friend Jill. And I feel like that we sort of yada yada the lead here that Elaine has a cell phone and we have a cellular phone appear for the first time. In the history of Seinfeld, this is something that I had totally forgotten. We have a cell phone. We have a pager in this episode. Two things that would have been particularly useful through a litany of Seinfeld episodes in the past. Keeve, do you think that they yeah. should have made a bigger deal about 1998 Elaine Bennis with a cell phone? Yeah, they totally no
1: sell it. It's every time you see it. They're really no sell. Like, whoa, Yeah, they no sell. it. I do think, though, it's like it's an interesting if you're arguing like, hey, should the show have come back for a 10th season or not? The idea that now we have cell phones and pagers, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to solve all those famous like, you know, Seinfeld problems now. Yes. Like, you know, if you could just call someone, you're out of it.
0: There's a wonderful irony that the cell phone in its one appearance in Seinfeld only creates problems because Elaine calls her friend Jill to see how her father is doing in the hospital and both. Jerry and George are very familiar with cell phone etiquette here in the very early going of the cell phone industry. And they say, you can't make a cell phone call from the street and you can't see how somebody is doing from the hospital while you're out doing things. It is funny. Keith, I don't think that there is a cell phone etiquette anymore, right?
1: Oh, the the opposite of this is true. The etiquette is don't call anyone on their cell phone. Right. You better be married to that person to call them on the cell phone. Like, you know you need to live in the same household at least um i think it's it's flipped right the it's the, if someone called me on my phone and just like want to see how how i was doing i would say like oh this person wants to be best friends with me like, mm-hmm. this person is angling for the number one spot on my speed dial
0: right i will say if somebody calls you while they are driving i do mm-hmm. feel like that that is a little bit to me of like oh okay what am i just on your list of things to do but not oh, yeah. driving yeah
1: yeah i agree my dad has like a 45 minute commute each way to work and he he doesn't listen to music occasionally listen to mike francesa but he but usually he's not driving when that's on he will just be on the phone he'll just call he just has a list in his head my, my mom my sisters doesn't call me because he knows i don't answer but you know he's got friends he's got like when he drives at 5 a.m he's got his 5 a.m like wall street friends who are up uh, it, Like so he right that's the type of person That's not like an honor to get that call he's just bored And wants to talk to someone mm-hmm. Does he abruptly end the calls oh I mean As we've
0: discussed he does not <laughs> say goodbye When he's done he's done <laughs> okay so george and jerry get back to jerry's apartment and george is trying to institute a open door bathroom policy jerry says no way uh jerry is going to have to get used to uh watching people urinate in front of him uh in the big house yes
1: uh right jerry isn't grossed out by the way enough at the end of being in jail like jerry Mm -hmm. should be like vomiting all over himself the fact that he's in jail um, right yeah I, I do think if you know We always ask at the end of every episode like what Sort of like catchphrase like master Master your domain type thing uh, Has is the Is the thing that really took off from the episode And the one I quote from the finale Is Pea Party which I have yeah, quoted many times even During the series like uh, you know Like if, if someone leaves the, if like someone goes to the, the, the you know the bathroom with the door Open in my house I'm like what is this a Pea Party
0: Yeah um, so Jerry has a phone call from NBC and uh, they are calling from the new president of NBC. They want to talk to Jerry about bringing Jerry back. Jerry and George are going to head to NBC. No time for a sport coat. They have to go ahead and uh, take this meeting right away. Yeah, has it, I don't. I don't know much about Hollywood meetings, but has any Hollywood meeting been like, get down
1: here this second? It's you everything seems a bit
0: rushed. It seems a bit rushed yeah. of like, uh, hey, could you come in in two weeks so we could talk to you about this? But I mean, we could also the timeline of this episode is pretty
1: you know, weird also. And we'll get more into that when we get to Massachusetts.
0: Yes. Very wonky. All right. So Jerry and George sit at NBC and they're talking about uh, what should they accept? Jerry is just telling George, uh, do not blow this. OK, it does. If they don't want it to be a show about nothing, don't go nuts. Uh, George promises that he will be on his best behavior.
1: Uh, Yeah, but George's best behavior is still a D minus.
0: Yeah. Instantly, we go into the meeting and he's right back to trying to spell people's names like he was back in season four. And they are reunited with a bunch of the executives. Um, Susan's name doesn't come up. Yeah. Well, I mean, it might be a sore
1: subject. I don't know why. It, it, It would be weird to bring it up. Right
0: elephant in the room. Like, hey, I heard what happened to Susan. Boy, uh, uh that uh she was I, I don't a know a you could do that. Hey, it's his fiance. I, I I I feel like you know, maybe she they was uh their colleague and his fiance, they haven't seen him since she died. But maybe they spoke to him on the phone. We remember she
1: died right before the finale, so we have a whole summer we didn't see. So they may have called him during the summer and apologized.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, given their condolences. I don't know. They didn't really uh seem to bring it up here. I, I don't know. Um That being said, so, um, (laughs) I I do love Hollywood George that I feel like that that always makes me laugh when he becomes a big shot.
1: Yeah, no, Hollywood George is great. Uh, and also super high confidence George, like he's in this scene.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Smug, high confidence George. Uh, how about that weather, Keeve? It's crisp, crispy, crisp weather. Yeah. Crispy, crisp. One of my favorite cereals, crispy, crisp. (laughs) All right. Uh, and, um, they he asked what do you have in the fruit department they have pineapple george says that's a dangerous fruit Keith, what's your take on pineapple are you in or out i like pineapple okay i'm i like pineapple flavored things i'm
1: fine eating pineapple I know ne- I would never just like get it for myself, but if my wife offers it to me, I'm I'm game. What about you?
0: What that I'm very into the pineapple. What about pineapple on a pizza? Would you ever do that, or is that not kosher?
1: It is kosher. Uh, although I've never been in a kosher restaurant that offered it, so I'm I would try it. I don't like the textures mixing the the pineapple and the pizza, so I would try it once, but I would never just like. You know, it wouldn't be never be. It would never be a regular order.
0: It's not wonderful, but it's remarkably not as bad as you would think it is in your head. Yeah, I think it. To me, it's it like there's always going to be a better topping than pineapple. But yes. if it was the
1: only slice slice left in the box, I would eat it.
0: And my wife famously will famously. not that She is uh, vehemently against it yes. for for no reason. The thing she hates the most in the world, arguably, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right when there's so many better things to
1: hate uh that is what she's fixated on yeah she hated pineapple on pizza before the whole internet discussed it earlier this year mm-hmm. before it was cool even she was anti-pineapple yeah. and pizza
0: all right so the new head of nbc his name is Kimbro, and uh that he was tired of the same old same old he wants something that people will talk about at the water cooler it's a water cooler show George seems to push back on this. He doesn't think that people will talk at the water coolers. He thinks it would be more of a coffee machine show.
1: Yeah. I mean, was that is that such a new expression that George has never heard the expression water cooler show?
0: And I guess it, the it is notes about nothing. They had to explain what a water cooler show was. They talked about it. in the 90s uh, shows that people talked about the next day were described as water cooler shows.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess it was out. It wasn't in before that. And now it's out again because like water coolers aren't super popular.
0: Well, that would be like a Keurig show or something. I don't know. Well, I don't even know if it would be that because with social media, you know, and everybody is with DVR that you're watching stuff on, you know, a million different networks. Nobody's watching the same thing at the same time anymore. So there really is no more water cooler discussion. Well, it's a Twitter thing, really. That's the only place people congregate, right? Yeah. So that's uh, one of the ways that... uh, I, I
1: don't work in an office and neither do you, but that's actually probably annoying because... If yeah. you went to the office, like one, would. it's probably so don't spoil me heavy. Like, that would be so annoying. Can you imagine, like, Carol doesn't want to can't listen to our Game of Thrones conversation because, you know, Car- Carol in accounting isn't watching it till Tuesday with because her husband's, you know, coming back then. Like, I, we, Carol, you better watch the show. We're spoiling it for you.
0: Yeah. And, and then
1: HR is going to get involved. We're going to start spoiling <laughs> shows for people. We're going to get fired.
0: Right. Maybe make no mistake. I mean, it's all connected to the rise of podcasts and you know uh, recaps of blogs and you know everything that you know we are able to consume now because we've watched a piece of content and then are looking for commentary on it. It Used to just you know go to your office and then if there were people in your office that watched the same show, that's where you would hear this stuff. Right. So they want to remake Jerry and uh they want to do a 13 episode commitment they want to start off on wednesday nights build up an audience this show needs time to grow this seems very specific yeah i mean it's it's
1: specific by that you mean sort of like inside baseball like this is sort of what Sein, it's not exactly what seinfeld did but it's essentially i what mean
0: seinfeld there did. is never in the history like unless it's like the type of thing where it's like a spin-off and okay air like after big bang theory. We'll put young Sheldon in that spot or, you know, sort of, um, oh, this is going to be a perfect compliment to Seinfeld. The fact that they're down to, okay, we'll put this show on, we'll put it on Wednesday nights, we'll get 13 episodes. Uh, It's, uh, you know, they're super specific here. Um, I I, like it is specific, uh, but I I, like that's what they always
1: did. Right. They always did sort of inside baseball type stuff. Mm -hmm. Who did NBC or Seinfeld? No, like the show is always like it's always meta, right? They're always trying to do sort of the meta. Yeah, I,
0: I get that. That's how Seinfeld started. But for if this was an actual pitch meeting, it seems absurd that the network executive would know what night of the week that this show is going to be on, unless it, there was like in this fictional world, the Wednesday night block is some sort of like must see TV where all of their, you know, half hour comedies are going to go.
1: Right. Yeah. I I mean, it didn't bother me too much. I didn't think much about it. OK. All
0: right. Um. So Kimber also thinks that and then the Elaine character, I wouldn't mind seeing something happen with you two. George says, uh, I don't think that relationship humor is what this show is about. And he says, or we could not do the show altogether. How about that? Why don't you just tell me the name of the show you want to? Yeah. Keeve, but this is going to be the first of a number of winks to the idea in this episode that Jerry and Elaine are going to get together in this finale. I think that if there were going to be Vegas odds on what will happen in the Seinfeld finale, Jerry and Elaine getting together probably would have been uh, the least profitable bet on for return on investment. Yeah, it would have been the Patriots winning the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, and, and so the only I reason think- they don't get together, because that would have been viewed as a friends move, right? That would have been viewed as like, no, this is what they do on Friends or Everybody Loves Raymond. And so that's, that's why they don't get together, even though I don't, it doesn't bother me in hindsight. I was thinking about this day that they didn't get back together. But maybe instead of just doing like one episode where they do get back, to, get, get back together, like the deal. What if like season seven had been like Jerry and Elaine are like living together and, and they're like really together for a full season?
0: could have had one season where they get together. You know, it's like they were really boxed into a corner. And I don't necessarily know if you needed Jerry and Elaine together. It doesn't bother me that they didn't get together, but it just feels like that. They are trying so hard not to be that where friends did, you know, never concerned itself with, okay, well, uh, you know, we don't, we don't care if people say that we're going to be too on the nose uh, with this. And again, not as groundbreaking of a show, but I feel like that they end up here with you know trying to be groundbreaking here at the end, but maybe missing the mark for the finale. Uh,
1: yeah, but again, like I, I, we we don't want Seinfeld to do like ordinary show stuff.
0: So you're saying it's better that they took it swing uh, and didn't end up uh, with a Beltran esque just like uh, looking at it. Go yeah, no,
1: they didn't strike out looking. They didn't. You know, Adam Wainwright is is not going to walk through that door. Um, and listen, I don't think they struck out. Okay, you know, I, I think that they, uh, I don't know, maybe they hit a screaming out, or maybe they like
0: uh, scored on an error. I don't know. I, I I'm not sure. You know, <laughs> we're losing the thread of the metaphor. All right. Yeah. Okay. So we see Elaine at her home, and she is calling up Jill, and then she gets a call waiting from Jerry, who says it's an emergency. Get off the phone. So she drops Jill, talks to Jerry. Jerry explains what's going on with the uh, the TV show. He's moving to California. Elaine's response to me is odd that she says that's the emergency. I mean, I kind of feel like that was a big deal. What Jerry just dropped on her. Maybe it's not hang up on Jill important, but I feel like that it's an odd response from her to say that's the emergency. Um, yeah, yeah. I like your well, best friend in the entire world yeah. that you hang out with, you know, like literally seven days out of the week is moving to California because he's going to be doing a TV show. Like, I feel like that seems like big news to me.
1: It's huge news, but maybe it's bad news. And that's why she's reacting that way. That's how I interpret it. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Like, oh, I don't want to hear that now. I don't want to hear that ever. Like, you're not going, buddy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sabotage this by sending
0: us to jail. Right. So they hung up on Jill. And Jerry says, this was really bad. Now she lost a phone face off. That's worse than a cell phone walk and talk yeah the phone face off it doesn't really exist anymore i mean i guess it kind of does i mean what are the odds that you're gonna
1: have like two conversations and was the last time you were on the phone and someone else called you it happens
0: really it, it, it does it does happen and then you, you must do, be a big like, phone guy i'm not a big phone guy but phone guy you know here. the uh, i mean the real standoff comes where it's like um that i i know that my if if my wife ever lost the phone face off Mm. then it would be it would be over for for me and the person that I was talking to. Right. Uh, my yeah, wife can't I ever know that she's lost
1: the phone face off. So what would you say? Like, uh, I got to go to the bathroom. Like, you, you can't say like someone else is on the other line.
0: Yeah. Wh- what to the person that I'm talking to? No, like to to your wife. Like,
1: how would you how oh, would you no, break no. it to the, her? This,
0: in this situation, it's that I uh, will be talking to somebody else and then my wife will call. And then I just have to say, oh, I have to, I have to take this. That this is my wife, and she will flip out if I don't answer her call. Waitings, yeah, yeah, she'll look uh, cold. She's unreasonable. Me. What do you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing I can do. I'll call you back because you, whoever you are, you're a more reasonable person. Um, yeah, no, for sure.
1: The odds are you're speaking to someone more more logical. That's probably it. That's probably
0: it would be impossible <laughs> for me to not be speaking to somebody more reasonable. So, what if she was cloned though? Let's <laughs> say I guess it's like so. twenty thirty five. But I wouldn't give uh, the clone my number. So (laughs) we see Jerry talking to Morty and Helen, and they're very excited for Jerry. Morty talks about how they're so stupid at NBC, and he only watches one show on TV, Xena Warrior Princess. She must be 6'6", Xena Warrior Princess. How tall do you think Lucy Lawless really is? Okay, according to the inside look or the notes about nothing, I think she's like 5'10 or 5'11". She is definitely not 6'6" no not
1: six six yeah. you know it, like that's see that's so 90s stuff because now like the, the lucy lawless of our day who would you say it is I and mean, there's obviously only one answer but who do you think it is
0: the lucy lawless of our day who is it wonder woman no
1: i don't oh. know how tall she is gal no it's gwendoline christie right it's brienne
0: oh yeah well i i when you said the xena warrior princess uh, okay. our, i wasn't sure you were talking that that you were implying the a show or actress in hollywood i thought you meant right. like okay the, the ultimate uh badass heroine of hollywood
1: right fair enough but yeah no it's definitely it's definitely Brienne. right I, she is she's like six two at least
0: yes um a little pervy of morty seinfeld to only be watching uh xena warrior princess for the height of xena you yeah know? <laughs> he's a big height guy but i guess i mean people did that like that show was insanely popular yes and what
1: was it? Hercules, The Incredible Journey. Yeah, that was back to back. Hercules and then Xena. Real yeah. trash.
0: <laughs> just bad shows, but people like them. We're starting the Kevin
1: Sorbo Hercules rewatch next week. Are we? I mean, listen, you said you're never going to do another rewatch. Then I see in my feed freaking, you know, Star Trek rewatch going on. No, but that's it's, not a, that's a double shot random, fired at that, me. That, in well, my No, opinion. that's a
0: random <laughs> episode. That was just sort of to get ready for the new Star Trek. series. I've seen two know. already. You've seen how two many more
1: episodes that you've you haven't posted two yet? Am I am I making? Oh yeah, you know I,
0: I did two. I did two. I was just leading up to how many these. more are there going to be? One more, and then and then okay, Star Trek up, like, Discovery starts. Okay, yeah. I mean basically i am not doing it in order that i'm only doing a game of thrones rewatch yeah you did start another rewatch somehow
1: i got talked into that you you literally always said like i will never do another rewatch it's too long it's
0: too much of a commitment every time i think i'm before we ended before we even (laughs) ended you started a new one uh look i am sisyphus pushing a podcast boulder up a hill (laughs) okay that's right uh
1: and it will one day probably uh, you know come, come and crush, crush me oh yes. no question i mean that that show game of thrones that you're rewatching, is not coming back till at least 2019 right so yeah just well that get, the that's the idea that's the idea think about like seinfeld plus that that started i was 30 when we started this podcast i'm gonna be 34 by the time we finish it's been a long time
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well the the benefit there are only 67 game of thrones episodes yeah but
1: watching there's more time to re you have to rewatch everyone before you right. talk about it right Right, it's Each more. there's more
0: Game of Thrones than Seinfeld. he's almost three times as long. Right, but the yeah. watching the there episode was an episode this
1: week that was like 52 minutes. This season, it was like 52 minutes, and everyone's like, "Ooh, shortest episode in the history of
0: the series." <laughs> yeah, but but watching the episode is not the time consuming part of this process. It's not. Yeah, watching the episode is the, quick, is the quickest. Part oh, of, of this. The oh, I thought you meant of Game of Thrones. I'm like,
1: that is very. Oh, yeah, of this one. No, th- except for this, ep- this episode <laughs> of this series, I agree. Watching the Seinfeld this episode is, is,
0: is... I mean, this is a 22-minute episode that becomes a two-hour podcast. I mean, I yeah. still think I'm, I'm getting in and out quicker on the Game of Thrones. Right. And we by know. the way, by that,
1: by that math, we're talking about a 55-minute episode today. So who knows <laughs> how long that podcast <laughs> That's
0: why we split it up. Yeah. All right. So uh, Frank and Estelle, they are uh, very happy for George. Uh, and Frank is especially happy, but Estelle doesn't get it. Estelle doesn't know what this is since when are you a writer how are you going to get the ideas you don't write anything
1: now do you think this is her being like a mean bad parent or is this her trying to keep george like you know in new york and she's devastated that he's moving
0: hmm. well we see later on in the episode that she's willing to seduce the judge in the court case to keep her georgie out of jail so i just think that she's uh imbalanced she is imbalanced
1: is she alive at the end of this episode is Estelle alive at the end of the episode? Like she faints. Oh, and, she, and like when they read the ru- after they read the ruling, like you sort of cut to her and she's like splayed out over the over like the bench in the back of the courtroom. Yeah, she might be dead. I don't think Estelle
0: died in the Seinfeld finale. I think she might have died. Very I mean, quietly. as George Costanza says in this episode, when you're bleak, you're bleak. But mm. I don't think we're that
1: bleak, Keeve. Well, they're sort of uh, sleeping on it. But also, like, did Newman die from choking on whatever he was choking on? I don't think so. The, I, I think Newman should have died, honestly. How <laughs> could
0: Newman get the upper hand on it? Well, that's what they decided. He, Newman wasn't a bad person. Only the core four was bad. No, Newman is a terrible person.
1: That's not true. Like, Newman literally gives him, like, the, well, that's you know, the I'm problem. You speech.
0: I mean, that if anything... The worldview of Seinfeld should not have been that the core four are bad people living in a just world, that it should have been that they are bad and they live in a world that is equally bad and they should not have suffered any more than any other people in this fictional universe. We meet very few
1: pure and
0: innocent yeah. characters in this universe.
1: Yeah, one interesting thing about making this switch to Curb, which we're going to be making in two weeks, is in Larry David's mind, and it's much more like out there in the open because Larry just says whatever he's thinking. Like, Larry David, the character on, on Curb, he he meets people who are insane. You know, like, when he goes to the door and, and with Cheryl and gives someone a present, and they say, we can't accept it because our a you know, wedding present, we can't accept this wedding present because it's over 12 months, like... Yes, it's bad that you give someone a wedding present from 13 months ago, but it's a hundred times more insane not to ex- not to accept like a nice present from your friend. Right. Mm-hmm. Larry is usually right. I don't know if if the core four here is usually right. I'm not sure. I don't some, What we've discussed is like their insane antics are come are like, you know, like sort of coming into this normal people's world and the normal people don't always know how to deal with it. Right. Mabel Cho is not a lunatic. She gets robbed of her marble rye. Mm hmm. Right. The bubble boy was just st- sitting there in his bubble until George Costanza and Susan came by.
0: Yeah. Although he's a but bad guy. The bubble boy also. Well, he's got a temper. I don't. Is he like a
1: murderer? What do you mean? He's a bad guy. I mean, he are told you, Susan you both to take her top off. Keith. Oh, yeah, he did. Well, listen, he's uh, how many, you know, pretty ladies do you think he's seen in the bubble?
0: Uh, I that don't know. That wasn't ideal. I don't know. It wasn't, wasn't ideal. Yeah. He's a jerk. The bubble boy It's a tragic figure, but he's also, a, you know, an unsavory person. And that's right. fine, right?
1: And some of these people are
0: clearly like wrong. Like the Zup Nazi is a bad
1: guy, right? Like he's yeah. you know they kind of portray him as a Nazi, right? He flees to Argentina, which is what the Nazis did. Like the, but not all of these people are bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, not all people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so back at Jerry's house, uh, Jerry gets off the phone and he finds out that NBC is letting Jerry use their private jet. He can go anywhere he wants. They feel bad that they let Jerry sit on the shelf for so many years. I mean, uh, this is pretty unimaginable, right? Listen, crazier things have happened, right? Family Guy got canceled
1: and came back a bunch of years later. But if Jerry's already following a weird template, which is they aired the pilot as a test and then didn't pick the show up, right? Right. Which is something that like Amazon does now, but has never happened in the history of, you know, network TV,
0: right? What that they aired the pilot and then didn't pick up the show? Yeah, they don't air oh, pilots. They, they don't. They don't do it now. But I think that it's not an uncommon practice from like the eighties and nineties. I don't think it would ever. Have, I, I I could be wrong, but I don't think it. I think this is like a made up thing. I don't
1: think I, pi, shows have been canceled after the pilot, but hmm. I don't think they aired pilots as tests
0: before. Yeah, air pilot as test uh, TV,
1: and people could write in if we're wrong here or you know and let us yeah. know. But.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that they probably, uh, you know, um, even look at uh, E special slash backdoor pilot uh, marriage test there. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, I don't think it's uh, a common practice, but I'd be surprised if. I mean, Seinfeld was was like this, right? They aired one episode. Well, yeah, right that's during- the point.
1: It's the only show that's ever done it. They did one, and then did four the next year. But I think those four were sort of like locked in. They just didn't have them ready, right? One in eighty-nine, four in ninety, and then and then sort of the uh, the half season in in uh, of season two. Okay.
0: All right, well, let's not get too hung up on this. I'm sure that the uh, listeners will be able to uh, quickly let us know the answer to this. But it just seems so unfathomable that not only like here's a private jet for a flight, I could almost see a domestic flight or you could take the plane for the weekend. But to go international in the private jet, like here's our NBC plane. Take it to Russia if you want. Take it to... Africa take it wherever you want to go I, th- I I, right Jerry must have the
1: world's best agent which we don't like we know his manager we don't really know his agent right like who would be his TV agent but he must have like the real Ari Gold as his agent because like from them going to like we'll give you a show you know but out of nowhere where you have no leverage to uh, we feel really bad that we canceled your show the first time so here's the company
0: plane it's a little bit of a stretch right Mm-hmm, extremely. So Jerry and George are going to move out to Los Angeles to go and work on the pilot, and Jerry tells Kramer that he's moving to California. Kramer is besides himself. Jerry says it's just going to be for a while, and uh, then Jerry says he'll come back. Kramer says it's L.A., nobody leaves. She's a seductress, a siren, she's a virgin, she's a whore.
1: Yeah, I, this is one of my favorite parts of the show also, right? Nobody, like, do, George, Kramer squeaking, like,
0: nobody leaves. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, As Chester did point out in his email, uh, Kramer himself did uh, leave Los Angeles after moving out there.
1: Right. Uh, Yes. Kramer literally did this and he could not have gotten out fast enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, he almost wasn't able to leave because he could have been in jail. Right. But so maybe he understands how hard it is to leave. So it's actually not a crazy thing that he's saying.
0: Mm hmm. (laughs) okay so then we see everybody at monks uh, i think this is going to be the final time that we see everybody at monks and they're trying to decide where are they going to go they can go anywhere kramer wants to go to japan uh this gets a little pervy keeve he says he wants geishas they cater to your every whim they're shy at first but they're quite skilled at conversation they can discuss anything from world affairs to the fine art of fishing or baking. Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. Here. <laughs> I don't know. And he like, points to George about baking. Uh, yeah. is it a I thought he points, oh, I, no, I I he points to Elaine. I know. I think he points to Elaine
1: as like a sexist joke, not, not George George's okay. joke.
0: Um, so Elaine wants to go to Russia. And Jerry says it's bleak there. Uh, Elaine says it's springtime. Uh, you can't be bleak in the spring. I Again, I, I love this George Costanza line. Uh, if you're bleak, you're bleak. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Elaine is very mean to George in this episode uh, all the way through that. He's uh, on the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, she talks there's a lot about of bickering Switzerland and George says it's a little hilly. No, which is a very funny line. Just in the, it's a little hilly. No. And Elaine says, why? Well, you're not going to do any walking. Now, this is a fat joke, right? Yes, that is clearly a fat joke. And she says you can walk down to the bottom of the hill and we'll pick you up. And what the private jet? Like, I don't understand what <laughs> don't she's even saying here. I'm not sure. Uh, ultimately, Jerry says, let's go. It's just let's just go to Paris again. Keith, uh, you are on the record. You hate Paris. Yes, I've been there once and uh, never again. OK, so why does Jerry suggest Paris? I think it's like a neutral
1: place. Like I get it. if we're leaving the country it's probably the most famous city. Like, it's a little sexier than London, right? And it just seems like it makes sense. Like, that that's a logical suggestion.
0: for. Like, no one's going to say no to Paris. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, we uh, are getting ready to head out to Paris. Uh, there's a knock at the door from Newman. Newman uh, has heard about the trip to Paris. He would like to come. I mean, there's just no chance Jerry's going to say yes to this. Right. But Newman... He says he has uh, a cousin there who's suffering. Are we buying this or is this a Newman lie?
1: It is a clear Newman lie. This okay. is just absurd. He's making this up as he goes.
0: So Jerry says, uh, you know, uh, that's a shame. Uh, he says, forget it. Pull yourself together. You're making me sick. Be a man. Newman. Tell me if he ends up putting a pox on the core for here. He says, all right. But hear me and hear me well. The day will come. Oh, yes. Mark my words, Seinfeld. Your day of reckoning is coming when an evil wind will blow through your little play world and wipe that smug smile off your face. And I'll be there in all my glory, watching, watching as it all comes crumbling down. Yeah, I think he does put a curse on them here. hmm. Hard to yeah. argue otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Well, OK. So uh, does Newman have magical powers? i mean i think all postmen get three wishes yes could the uh curse have been avoided had jerry let newman come on the plane i think so i mean
1: he would not have cursed him i mean like the plane if the plane almost went down without newman on it i feel like it's going down with newman on it if you know what i'm saying
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah uh anyway uh we head out and we are on the runway, a uh, shot at the Van Nuys Airport, according to the uh, notes about nothing. And uh, we meet uh, Captain Maddox and his co-pilot, Kurt Adams. They're going to Paris.
1: Yeah. I don't know why we need to meet the captains, but yeah, we know their
0: yeah. names. Does the core four have plans in Paris? Have there been arrangements made by NBC or are they sort of on their own? If NBC's flying them, I think they have to put them up, right?
1: But in terms of like the actual plans, I assume like Elaine is clearly the planner of the four of them, right? Okay, so Elaine
0: has been there. She knows what's up.
1: Yeah, I think Elaine is probably doing the research here. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. So then we see everybody hanging out on the plane. And uh, this is where things uh, are really going to, uh, I was going to say take off, but I don't want to do the plane pun. So George is unimpressed with the private jet. He thought it would be nicer. Yeah, what a hater.
1: You've never flown private, right? No. I have not. Neither have I. Like, I would just be happy on any private plane. Yeah. I, I, you know, to like, George, George has definitely never flown. You know, you think Estelle Costanza is paying for a private jet. So he's, you know, he, like, what do you think? It would be bigger. I guess planes probably, you know, a lot of private planes are bigger, but stop yeah. worrying,
0: George. So, I love the callback to the Ted Danson stuff where George goes back to, uh, You think this is the plane that Ted Danson gets? And Jerry says, Ted Danson's not even on the network anymore.
1: Yeah, but he's, you know, like the plane he used to get. Clearly, there's another plane, and this is not the Danson plane.
0: Okay. Uh, this plane is a real piece of junk. He doesn't even feel safe on this thing. I honestly, I don't get where George is coming from. On this, has he flown on a lot of private jets with the Yankees? I mean, I guess yeah. He's probably he is. This is the traveling secretary, so it wouldn't be outrageous for him to
1: have flown on the Yankees plane, right?
0: Yeah, I guess not. So George says that he has a good mind to write a letter to uh, Mr. Kimbrough. Uh, Jerry says don't write a letter, and Elaine is getting upset. She wants George to turn around because. You're sitting like that and it's effeminate.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, we have spent nine seasons going over this each and every week, right? And going over well, what? Oh, the, you the, know, Seifeld? No, go, going over the fact that, uh, you know, it, this, you could sit however you want. It's hammer time.
0: Right. It's hammer time.
1: Very, very unwoke of Elaine, who's supposed to be our most woke character.
0: Yeah. No, she's very boorish in this finale. And so George says, how is this effeminate? And she says to him, I don't know. It just is. Yeah, I I don't get it, Elaine. I feel like I,
1: I, I, you know, 2017 Elaine would be horrified by 1998 Elaine. Right.
0: And part of the frustration for me with this finale is I feel like that they really did go out of their way to make the characters as unlikable as possible here in the finale. Yeah. I mean,
1: like this is just another example. Like you said, there's there's not a lot to love here. Like
0: Elaine is just mean and angry towards George for no reason about how he's sitting.
1: I guess Larry David writing this just wants the viewers to like realize, oh, they deserved it, and if it's going to end with them in jail, you need to sell that all episode long. That's that
0: seems to be Larry's mo here, right? Mm-hmm. I guess so. So Kramer has the water in his ear. He starts hopping up and down because uh, he is trying to get the water out of his ear, and so George tells him, to "Stop doing that. It's not safe to jump up and down on the plane." Have to imagine that jumping up and down on a plane is not actually. A major problem, right?
1: Right. I mean, they might kick you off the plane, but I don't think it'll it'll sink the plane. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's not a canoe, is what you're saying. It is not a canoe. It is not a kayak. It is an airplane.
0: <laughs> anyway, so Kramer ends up bouncing into the cockpit and then uh, knocks something out and then gets back in his seat. Keith, do we know what the issue with the plane was? That I understand when Kramer falls on the controls, that makes the plane dip. But did he break something? <sighs>
1: um it's not clear at all right he goes into the cockpit accidentally and then something breaks so i i wonder if like they get so here's my theory they get so frazzled by a guy falling into the cockpit that they accidentally like press the wrong button or something and then and then everything goes haywire, and then they have to land does that make sense do you have something i guess
0: no no it's uh it's i guess that's fine so or maybe like he like broke the control stick and then they had to like do something to sort of like finagle it to uh like I, I'm not sure what systems on the plane got broken that they needed to have fixed when they ultimately land. But we don't get those kind of details here anyway. So the plane is going down and everybody is freaking out. Uh We see. Uh, George yelling that he can't die just when he was doing great. He knew God wouldn't let him be successful. There really are a lot of callbacks to that season four finale, Keeve, in this episode. It makes me feel like that the writers uh, had watched that specific episode.
1: Yeah, it's not... not I I do think a lot about this episode. Like, you know, Larry has to rewatch the first episode to sort of like pull together the last scene. I do think there's a lot of like... Maybe it's just the ones that they remembered. I don't know how they're if they're rewatching.
0: But even like what we're talking about, like, oh, boy, that could have been a series finale. That season four episode. I wonder if they did go back and watch that. If somebody on the writing team watched that episode. Yeah, you could be right. Because it's like, who would we bring back? Well, who did we bring back the last time that we did this? Okay, let's watch that episode and see who we brought back for that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, there could have been, you know, some a bunch of interns who had to go through all 180 and log them. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think that happened. No, I don't think so either, but I would do that. We're, you know, we're dorks. We might have done that.
0: Yeah. All right. So, George is feeling like that he's going to die. Kramer saying, uh, "I'm ready, I'm ready, glory, hallelujah." George has something to tell Jerry. He cheated in the contest. He cheated.
1: Yeah. I mean, this isn't the biggest revelation on earth, right? We we know that uh he's a big cheater. Right. That but he'll is do anything for canon, money.
0: Keith, yeah. At what point did George cheat in the contest? Because when we watched it, I remember often George being like restless. That's sort of like what they did in the episode to make you know who was still in and who was not. Everybody was sleeping. So George goes pretty deep into the contest. Yeah. Did he cheat right before? ultimately that he was declared the winner like in the
1: final two did he cheat you're saying or was he just cheating from day one it's a good question i don't think we can only speculate i don't think so either i think he tried to win it then realized he couldn't but then it was already just him it was you know pretty quickly just him and jerry and then and then he just lied
0: i bet ultimately they went out around the same time i think you're probably right and i mean listen jerry's a liar too jerry might have cheated too i don't think that jerry would cheat on this yeah, I don't think so either. So I think that Jerry probably came back. They they might have gone out the same night and then Jerry ultimately comes back and says, "Okay, I got to tell you. I ended up uh I'm out." And George is like, "Ho ho. Okay, good. I'm the winner." But he was actually out too. Yeah, he was out too. Okay. And Elaine and Jerry have something to tell each other. So Elaine has something to tell Jerry. We never find out What she was going to say unless you assume That she was going to say I always loved you Well she does it in
1: In the non syndicated version Rob Yes she says I've always Loved in the syndicated version She says I've always And then it's cut I don't know why I guess Just they have to cut everywhere because they're they're So long on time they have to cut you know Five minutes on each side of the uh, Okay of the episodes here So those does say, I've always loved you like not. She doesn't say you. It, the plane goes back before you. But after love. Mm hmm. Yeah. Should we assume
0: that's what Elaine was going to say? Oh, that is what she was saying. Yeah, of course. Okay. There's no amb- ambiguity here. Come on. All right. So the plane ends up straightening out. And so everybody gets off the plane They're in Latham, Massachusetts. And again, there really was all this buzz about like, where is the Seinfeld finale going to go? It's all under lock and key. Nobody knows. And then Latham, Massachusetts is where all of the action ends up taking place. And so the pilot tells them, go get something to eat in town, and then we'll let you know when the plane is fixed. Yeah. And Latham is a fictional town. Right. Uh, George is... uh, does not like the idea that uh, gets suggested by Jerry. Let's just go back to New York and take a regular flight. I mean, that seems like really inconvenient.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, right. Go back,
0: let's like, just probably get on a flight the point. next day. Right, yeah. right. At that point, it's like, why bother?
1: Just go to maybe go to Florida or something.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, in Latham, Massachusetts, it's like, let's just take a train back
1: or something. I mean,. You could do you could literally like, you know, they could take a cab. There's four of them and have
0: NBC <laughs> pay for it. They could do anything. Yeah, I guess so. All right. So George says, tell Kimbro to get the good plane down here. The Ted Danson plane. That's what he wants. Yeah, I mean, this is never going to happen. They're lucky they have this plane. You're not getting the
1: Danson plane.
0: OK, so the gang is going to head into town. And so this is really where the inciting incident ends up happening in this episode, where we see a carjacking taking place and a legendary stand up comedian John Panette will be the victim of this carjacking. Keith were you a fan of John Panette, the late, great John Panette? No. When we discussed him earlier in the series, I didn't remember his name. You
1: you told me about him. Uh, yeah. So I can't say I was a fan. He's He is, no, as you say, no longer with us. But you know, he's definitely very memorable in the scene, and this is probably what he's best remembered for, I would guess.
0: right. his i I b- believe that I feel like his most famous joke uh, was about how he he's you know he's obviously if you've seen this episode, he's a very heavy set guy. Uh, and his I think that his signature bit was talking about he went to the Chinese buffet, which was all you can eat, and then got yelled at by the restaurateur. That told him that you need to go now was uh, the uh, like that. I didn't believe that was his most famous joke. That was the punchline. You need to go now. Yeah. Well, he would say it like the uh, the Chinese restaurant tour. OK, I got, got a big laugh. Got a big laugh yeah, yeah. Uh, from John. The late great John Panette, who died uh, just a couple of years ago, died uh, 2014 uh, at 50 when he passed away. So. He ends up being the victim of this carjacking and the core four. Do you feel, are they out of character here? I know this is the finale. I know we need to make them look bad. Do, do if this would, would they react the same way if this
1: was a different episode? It's a really good question. I, I feel like would they have gotten involved in like a not helping way, but like, you know, let sort me give of like you the art- dialogue. Like, okay. you tell me yeah. if it's on
0: brand or off brand. Okay. Okay. So we see the carjacking taking place. Okay. Uh, give me your money. And so Jerry says, "Uh, well, there goes the money for the lipo. That I could see. I could see Jerry saying that. Yeah. I mean, Jerry
1: is just going for the joke always. That
0: makes sense. Okay. Elaine says, see, the great thing about robbing a fat guy is that it's an easy getaway. You know, they really can't chase you. Yeah. It seems out of character, right? Mm hmm. Uh, George says, He's actually doing him a favor. It's less money for him to buy food. George riffing on Jerry's joke, not out of character. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then uh, Jerry says, oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Okay. In character. Yeah. I feel like that when you just hear the dialogue, maybe it's not that bad. But when it is over, you know, the footage of John Panette being held up at gunpoint. Right. You know, it does seem pretty callous. The
1: the crazy thing and the obvious sort of like easy defense is like he's held up like is it gunpoint? Yeah. Or is it knife point? Like it's a gun, right? Like they shouldn't do anything. They should like walk away. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they shouldn't be making fun. That doesn't help anyone. Right. But. If you make a scene like he might shoot you like what, right. he's just robbing him. He's not murdering John Panette. Right. He's just taking his money or his food, you know, whatever he has. Like, yeah, it doesn't it, like they didn't really do the wrong thing. Like you shouldn't act much differently than they did. Other. I mean, yes, you shouldn't make fun, but like you can't go to jail for making fun of someone. They, there's no way they could have been a quote unquote good Samaritan here.
0: Yeah, the tape is damning. Uh, We don't really get a good reason why Kramer has the video camera in this finale, right? Do they explain that? I mean, I think you just want, you know, like, that's a thing you did in the 90s, right? You videotaped your Right, but Kramer never videotapes one other excursion from the gang. Never. No, it's a little weird. But again,
1: it's just it's just a plot device
0: to have this on tape for them. Not since we had the bootlegging episode. Have we had any of the characters with the camcorder?
1: Right. So if that's true, if you really want to write You at least have some history of him doing it, but maybe he should have been driving while holding this at the first scene to sort Mm -hmm. of set it up.
0: Right. Okay. So here comes an officer. And we find out that the core four is under arrest for article two, two, three, seven of the Latham County penal code. They have broken the good Samaritan law. By the way, look at this police
1: officer knows like the whole penal code by heart.
0: Yes. Okay. So so we come back from a commercial. The core four is in a cell. And we find out uh, about the Good Samaritan law and uh, George is besides himself. Why would anybody want to help somebody? And uh, we get the uh, description of the law. And again, n- I mean, not very funny that we hear about how it was passed after the uh, uh, model a French law. Uh, after Princess Diana was killed, when all those photographers were just standing around. Again, Princess Diana only died in the fall of that year. So again, it's a little dark to be bringing that into a comedy show. It's dark. There's too
1: much mansplaining in this episode. There's too much like little bird. Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse, to go back to the aforementioned Lost, and when people were wondering about the finale, said like everyone just wants a singing parrot to sing all the answers to the mysteries of the show and explain what happened. And there's a lot of this in this episode. Even Jerry getting on the phone and being like, you want to give us an NBC pilot? Like, Jerry explains a lot of things when he picks up the phone, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what? You're NBC and you want to you want me to come down to, like, uh, you know, to help you guys out? Like, to you know, to discuss the pilot? The police officer saying thing like, the fifth main character in the whole finale is a guy we never see before again. The prosecutor in Laysom, Massachusetts, has, like, so much to do. There's just so much explaining to get to... The court case that even if you give the court case like a 12 out of 10, it's just so much. There's so much that has to get, you know, get you there first.
0: Yeah. So we find out that there's an eighty five thousand dollar fine, the maximum fine, and as much as five years in prison for people that are found guilty of the Good Samaritan law. Now, the Good Samaritan law is an actual thing, but I believe that the fine is actually twenty five hundred dollars
1: right uh yeah i don't think jail time is an option no and jail time is not on the table and eighty five thousand dollars in 98 is just an insanely big fine a very big we don't fine. know if they get fined it doesn't sound like it he just sends them to jail but man
0: mm-hmm. so the gang realizes they're going to need a good lawyer they call up jackie Childs, who i thought that jackie Childs was not taking any more phone calls from the core four yeah
1: yeah it's crazy that he like why is he taking this call when he hears jerry
0: seinfeld the jackie charles we know has got to hang up basically right yeah and jackie charles what does he have like a, a he is he have a sandwich what is he talking about that he uh he, who told you to put the cheese on What what is yeah. he upset about I, I, I guess he's got cheese on a
1: the burger i don't know i don't know what's what's jackie charles having cheese on i'm not sure
0: does jackie charles keep kosher i'm gonna guess no but it's
1: possible
0: <laughs> possible <laughs> so um jerry seinfeld is on the phone for uh for jackie Childs. and so uh jackie Childs is, what is attractive to jackie Childs about this court case i guess he just he
1: likes outrageous like first-time cases that might get publicity
0: mm-hmm. right i mean so- at
1: this point he's front page news like when jackie Childs takes a case people know about it
0: Right, so he says, uh, you don't have to help people out in this country. That's deplorable, unfathomable, improbable. Uh, So he's in. And so... It's what this country's all about. Right. The the DA says, uh uh-oh, Jackie Childs is on this case. The whole country is going to be swarming with media about this thing. So we now we need to find out everything we can. You know, to be honest, I I know that this is like a parody of O.J. Simpson. But to me, I felt like I was watching the people versus O.J. Simpson again uh, with the way that this was unfolding.
1: Yeah, it definitely has a similar feel to that. Right. Um, Also, one of the craziest like time mistakes in the history of the show. There's already a newspaper saying who their attorney is. They haven't even got the beep yet that the that the plane is ready, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't that happen in the next scene? <laughs> well, we don't know how long it took for the the plane to. You get think it ready. took many days? I mean, there's no way. Like the the article about their attorney, that's like a ten days later type of article. <laughs> even if it's only two days later, that's crazy, right?
0: Now. Keeve, let me ask you a little bit about the uh, so we have this court case and Jackie Childs is going to be a big part of it. And, you know, it it is hammer time. So much of the the Jackie Childs storylines was sort of like poking fun at the O.J. court drama. I feel like that this especially did not age well. What the, the the Jackie Childs part of the court drama? Just the the Jackie Childs OJ doppelganger big court case. What is the most famous court case that's gone on in the last ten years? Like that, I just think that the the long drawn out court TV saga. Yeah, yeah. it's just seems people love true crime fast. though. It's like they love serial. true crime, sure. Yeah. And just wrap it up in one uh, neat package. But sitting there day in, day out with uh, like a trial, I I can't remember the last big high profile trial that really captured America's attention. It's a fair point. So, Keith, technically we are in the second part of what will be a two-part episode in syndication at this point.
1: Yeah. And what a weird thing. If they're aired like on separate nights, what a like a bizarre way to sort of yeah, end it. Oh, your...
0: let me check out part two of the Seinfeld finale tonight. What would be worse if part one was on or part two was on? I think part one is probably ultimately worse, even though I think that part one is funnier and feels more right. like a regular Seinfeld episode. It's a regular episode. Seinfeld episode. Yeah. Yeah. So... We see the core four; they are in jail. And again, they the characters here, they start to act stupid. If they weren't already acting stupid before in this episode, you know, they're sitting there, they're eating this meal in jail like none of them seem to have a care at all about the situation that they're in. No,
1: they seem uh, rather, I guess they have a lot of confidence in Jackie C, but they're rather unperturbed at the, uh, at the you know, the fact that they are in prison.
0: And these are characters sure. that obsess about the most minor of minutiae that could inconvenience them in any way. The thought of being jailed for five years does not seem to bother them. Why is that? Because they're together? Live together, die alone, like they say in a different uh, show
1: mm-hmm. finale. Um, no, I don't know. They're right there weirdly... Detached. They're weird. Like not just not just detached. Like like this is a funny adventure. Like as long as we get out of here and you know film the show, this is just like a funny story.
0: But nobody seems to be having fun here. It's almost as if. That, you know, detached, I think is the right word because they are the same way about what is happening to themselves as they were about what was happening to John Panette. That they, they have a similar reaction. I feel like if I was defending the core four, I would say, look at them. They are acting the same way when stuff is happening to them as they, are. they're, they're just people that, that they don't get emotional. They don't have empathy, but you're saying they can't even have empathy for themselves. Is that what your argument know. would be? <laughs> they're just I would argue that they're insane at this point because they seem to have no emotional reaction to being arrested. Right.
1: Even even heading back to like the first um, scene in this in this episode. Right. Like it's, you know, Jerry and George sort of like, oh, we don't want to go to movies anymore. We're sort of like we're washed we're up. Over we, we've had it. We're over everything. We're seniors in the last day of high school. Yeah.
0: Well, there are some echoes in this scene about how they are looking for the catch-up in the same way that George is looking for the catch-up in the opening of this episode at Monks. Would it kill the guard to check up on that? Right, going back, Right, a great flashback to 20 minutes ago. That's what we've always wanted a flashback to. <laughs> right. We also have Jerry get word on the beeper that the plane is now ready to take back off. So we don't know how long the Core 4 has been in jail, but uh, in this co-ed jail they uh, find out that the plane would have been ready at this point. Again, this could have
1: been, it's just the timeline doesn't make sense. I, I almost like LD. This is a very important question when we get him on. Okay.
0: Keith, we now go to news footage of Geraldo Rivera setting this up. Geraldo Rivera, and he is setting up uh, on Geraldo Rivera live, this big new trial of the century in Latham, Massachusetts. And we go out to distinguished reporter Jane Wells, who's standing by live. Keeve, did these cut sequences to the Geraldo coverage of the case? Did this work for you?
1: I mean, at the time, I I guess it did. You know, standing up now and like looking at it in with the fine tooth comb, maybe less. Jane Wells says she uh, I looked on Twitter. She gets a cup of coffee basically every time this uh, episode airs in terms of Starbucks
0: coffee or like, you
1: know. uh, ooh, good question. Let me ask her. Okay. Starbucks or like cheap, uh, you know, like yeah, bodega like coffee.
0: a stand uh, type thing. I mean, she's like, like a fancy like a CNBC
1: roll. anchor. I'm going to say Starbucks. Okay. She's not getting any of that cheap swill stuff.
0: You know, it, I guess, serves its purpose in making the episode feel big, but... It's almost nonsense that they're talking about here in setting up all this exposition. And um, so, well, the Geraldo asks them, how are they holding up? Well said. Well, I did speak with one of the deputies who said about this group, they told me there's no love lost with this group. Well, what does that mean? It doesn't doesn't make any sense.
1: I don't even right. think like the person who wrote the, the that that line understands like that
0: <laughs> like, that's a football improving? thing right
1: Right. yeah that's like <laughs> there's no love loss between the Steelers and the Ravens right that's what we'd say <laughs> not like you know it doesn't make any sense the Hatfield's and the Coyne's not like people who like it doesn't like it's a total miss i think this sort of like minor scene here is like if we're the, the editors rob right and we need to cut this down to a normal 45 or 46 minutes
0: can't cut her off. we got to chop nine it in minutes his contract He added in his contract, you couldn't cut him. He can't
1: get cut? Yeah, he can't cut. He's got it. Or or he gets paid, even if he gets cut. Guaranteed contract. It's a good call. But I do think if we're cutting nine minutes, uh, I I think... All the Geraldo stuff. Yeah, I think all the Geraldo stuff goes. And, you know, we'll get to some more stuff that'll get cut in a minute.
0: So Geraldo asks, uh, anything else? And she says, well, there also seems to be some friction between Mr. Seinfeld and Mrs. Bennis. The rumor is they once dated and it ended badly. Well, one... There doesn't seem to be any friction between Jerry and Elaine and two, that their relationship famously did not end badly. So I don't know. Is this a joke that the the media gets things wrong? Yeah, it's not a fake news joke. It's too soon for that. Right. So I don't know. And then ultimately, Geraldo says, well, maybe the trial will bring them closer together. Maybe they'll even end up getting married. Yeah. What is uh, That's like that's sort
1: of like the we- readers or, or, you know, viewers like subconscious. But like, it doesn't make any sense in yeah. this like context doesn't it doesn't work here. OK,
0: so we see everybody packing up to go down to the trial. Morty and Helen are packing up cereal. The way Helen is packing boxes of cereal in the suitcase is asinine. Yeah. Uh, and also like
1: uh, I've packed cereal to go like on a far trip where you're tight on space. You take him out of the box.
0: Yeah, that would make sense. Also, I like how you could just go to a supermarket and just buy that cereal in Latham, Massachusetts.
1: Right. Where are they going? The moon? Like, you can't get Crispix? I'm assuming he likes Crispix like I do.
0: In in Massachusetts? That's insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Latham is a made-up town, so maybe they don't have cereal laws. <sighs> you think there's it's like a cereal-free town? Could be. Uh Who knows? But anyway, uh, we see Frank and Estelle uh, packing up. Frank is blaming Estelle for smothering George and making him who he was. I like the callback that Estelle gives here of you were always in Korea with your religious tchotchkes.
1: Yeah, I, that is a nice callback because it's like we it's been mentioned before, but it is sort of one of the main things that Frank did as a profession. Yeah,
0: I had to make a living uh, yeah. is what he says. And then we see a bunch of other of the characters uh, coming in. Uh, Newman is laughing it up. Uh, Newman gets off pretty easy here because in a lot of the deleted scenes that he gets implicated in a lot of the stuff the core four did. I think it's almost something that
1: if they had tied it together, worked well. Mm -hmm. Like Newman, uh, Newman is along for some of these capers. And it's very funny the way they did it. It's actually a really good, interesting thing that got deleted. I understand why it got deleted, but... I just think Newman gets off too scot-free, so they should have kept it yeah. in, honestly.
0: N- they should have got the year in jail, and then Newman should have got the death penalty.
1: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, or, or he did. He, he choked on the thing, and we don't see him again, so you okay. have to assume he died.
0: We uh, Let me give you the list of people. You tell me if there's any highlights. Uh, we see okay. Uncle Leo head out, Peterman. Yeah, he should be there. Mm-hmm. Putty in the eight-ball jacket. That's great, yeah. And then Mickey is in the same scene. Mickey says in the inside look that he did, he had
1: not heard anything, and it was like they were basically filming the finale already. He he was uh, on the lot for a commercial, and, yeah. or even to meet his commercial agent, and he in the cafeteria he like ran into LD. And then he basically got invited. Like, he was stalking right
0: them. That. He was so, stopping them. Like, oh, I was not even supposed to be on the lot yeah. that day. What he a was, coincidence. I just yeah, happened to be on like, the Seinfeld uh, set. Hey, I heard they're doing yeah. the Seinfeld finale and they didn't even call me. Can you believe that? Yeah. So Mickey's there. Yeah. That's fine.
1: Then Banya. OK, I don't have a big problem with Banya being there. Another like person who's against them, although he really doesn't have much to do in this episode.
0: Well, is Banya ever truly against Jerry? It seems like that Banya is, like, obsessed with Jerry, if anything. Inadvertently against Jerry. Not, right. like, Jerry not, not antagonistic. He hates like, Banya like for no reason, uh, because he's annoying. Banya doesn't have any ill will towards Jerry. Right. Yeah, unless he sure. realizes that Jerry tried to bomb the last time when he was a time slot hit. Time slot hit. Um. I, I don't have a
1: problem with any of these. The question is, like, who they left out, right? The Rosses need to be there uh bookman it's weird because like bookman shouldn't be shown here because he's a witness and they don't mm-hmm. show any of the other witnesses so bookman has no place in this montage keith hernandez my question is like i understand the rosses want justice right and mm-hmm. i got a big theory about the rosses coming too but keith hernandez he has not friends with them why is he like uprooting his life in the middle of a baseball season to go watch this dumb trial <laughs> why does he care <laughs> um i i like that keith Hernandez is there i i like having him there but i just think it's not realistic yeah uh, and then steinbrenner i like having and if, famously they they had the real steinbrenner but they ended up using the LD time
0: i mean why this is the second time that they've tried to pull this prank i mean how many times are they going to pull the rug out from george steinbrenner yeah, maybe not the finest actor we've ever seen Georgie, yes. <laughs> but they already tried this with him i think it was the season seven finale yep. that elaine went on a date with uh steinbrenner and then they had to cut it yeah well it's i do
1: not believe it uh the, it's not in the main deleted scenes i don't know if the scenes exist anywhere with <laughs> with georgie so i'm not sure
0: <laughs> okay so Everybody is now there at the um, court case all in Latham, Massachusetts. We see everybody sort of like in this. Uh, what would you call this like a ready room or briefing room? Yeah. I mean, something like that. Briefing room sounds fine. OK. And so everybody's eating cereal. And again, Jerry and Kramer are acting like totally infantile talking about their all they're concerned about is the milk and the cereal.
1: Yeah. But this is very Seinfeldy. Analyzing the milk level is like a very early thing that would have happened for like a four minute scene in Seinfeld.
0: Fair. I, I'm not denying that analyzing the milk level is, uh, is a Seinfeld thing, but there is no sense of urgency or any concern about the impending court case. Is it just that the core four doesn't realize? I mean, they call in Jackie Childs, so they have to realize the magnitude of what's going on, yet they act as if it's just a regular day. Yeah,
1: no, there, there's no nerves. You know, this is a steely bunch.
0: Mm Hmm. I mean, this is. I mean, for Jerry, I mean, okay, his career could be over. Yes. I mean, this is. I mean, again, I'm trying to. I'm putting. I'm taking it out of the universe that it's in. But no, nobody. I mean, uh, that not one person has a a care. So unless that the the point of all this was to say, yes, they obsessed about minutia. But even if they had actual like tragedy in their lives in terms of this life-altering event they still would have focused on minutia. that's who these people are yeah so they're minutiae focusers i guess so they can only dwell on the small that's probably uh their limit in life so jackie childs comes in and uh, he is uh getting on george he wanted george to wear a turtleneck <sighs> I, I, I i i like who cares does it really matter what you wear in court i guess it does yeah well, I, I always thought, like, don't have a face tattoo. That's like the rule now. For right. I, Other than that, I, this makes sense to me. I feel like that uh, the lawyer would focus on on that. So I think that uh, he wants Jerry to wear a different tie. He doesn't want Jerry to get any smart alecky uh, comments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, uh, what would you wear if you were like on, on you know, trial here? Whatever Jackie Childs told me to. OK, uh, I think he'd say like your best plaid shirt and, uh, you know, pretty basic mm-hmm. pants. Jackie Childs uh, comes across a little bit of a womanizer in this episode, and he is uh, sort of uh, telling Elaine uh, how good she's looking. I forget, did Jackie Childs end up with Sue Ellen Mischke in one of the earlier trials?
1: Yeah, I, I will say as Sue Ellen Mischke, and again, there's probably certain actresses or actors they couldn't get. A, a, probably the biggest omission of people we don't see. Mm-hmm. Like she should have been there as like someone who hates Elaine She's not even you in know, the maybe, deleted scenes yeah. Not in the deleted scene, she's not there, wasn't invited She must have been, in, I mean she's in A key season 9 episode so she's Definitely on the radar, I wonder if Like there was a scheduling conflict where they don't like her They weren't interested in her, like what if she Leaves with Putty, that's not mm-hmm. a, That's like a real way to get, like if everything is, is turning up zeros for the Core 4 at the end of the episode Why not have Sue Ellen sort of uh, You know, uh, rub it in Elaine's face
0: Right certainly a uh, a notable omission is there anybody else that you feel like that they should have had there that they didn't get yeah i mean who like i'm trying to think in terms of just like total episodes you know
1: could you squeeze in like a ruthie cone somewhere in the background but like in terms of who who the really big things are i think my number one is sue ellen after that i mean susan is dead we get peterman we get in the deleted scenes we get Littman. we get pitt we, Wilhelm shows up, Putty shows up. I think basically everyone who's in at least... I mean, Dalrymple's dead, okay, right? I got one. What about uh, yeah. Mr. Kruger? Yeah, we could have Kruger because he's a season nine guy. That's not a bad call.
0: I mean, I it think... seems absurd in, in thinking back that, I mean, he's yeah. basically, he's George's boss the entire season. Yeah, he's Talk right now George's boss. He's,
1: he's currently George's boss.
0: in the finale. We bring back so yeah. many people that were in less episodes than yes. Kruger.
1: Yeah, so I, I'll say the only five episode or more like, you know, actual people of speaking roles in five episodes or more, uh, other not including the manager of Monk's uh i that are not in this show are and, and are alive in the canon of the show are Watley tim watley yeah, maybe it 's like too famous by the time this you know is uh, is on mm-hmm. crazy joe De, crazy joe Devola
0: yeah i don't know what his deal is but yeah and that's it it's those two yeah i'm taking I'm so it's mishki the then you get to four media.
1: episodes and you get kruger and Sue Ellen mishki morgan uh but that's you know that's what about, about it lloyd braun you know, you could have Lloyd. listen, you could have any one or two episode people. But I I'm mean, saying, in
0: terms of yeah, they you could brought Ping, back you could, a lot of people yeah. that were less significant than Lloyd Braun.
1: Oh, sure, no question. But in terms of like absolute egregious omissions, I'd say Sue Ellen Mishke. Watley is is like kind of the bad guy in their interaction, so they didn't really wrong him. So I don't know what like you couldn't be a witness. Mm-hmm. Well, you, know? you could
0: have Tim Watley, and then uh, he could come out and say that Jerry's an anti dentite. Yeah, yeah, anti dentite.
1: Watley Devola. Sue Ellen. That's the that's the you know, the big three. I don't know if there's a Mount Rushmore and Kruger and Kruger. That's the Mount Rushmore of people who should have been there but weren't. Okay,
0: so we finally get to the courtroom and we are greeted by the Honorable Judge Arthur Vanderlei. Uh, Did you like the insertion of Arthur Vanderlei?
1: Yeah, it's cute. Although George is like, wow, his name is Vandalay," but doesn't point out he has the exact same full name as what George always pretends to be.
0: Mm hmm. And uh, George feels like this is going to be a good sign. Uh, it ultimately is not. Uh, no, it is. It, I mean, listen, he
1: doesn't make the decision, right? I mean, he makes the decision to put him in jail a year, but he could have done five years, right?
0: Yes, I guess so. So he ultimately is going to uh, not have a lot of patience for the core four, though. He is not a sympathetic figure to them. No, not a fan. Not yeah, a fan. Not a fan. Um, we see a lot from the DA, as you mentioned, and he is a guy who's, uh, one of these people that's really been in everything. He's that guy. Yeah. I mean,
1: he has to do so much heavy lifting in this episode. It's wild.
0: The actor that plays the district attorney, he's been in a million things as well. Uh, according to, uh, Wikipedia, which is always the, uh, the number one thing you want to hear on podcasts, uh, according to Wikipedia, uh, he actually, uh, was in my cousin Vinny, Uh, with the uh Marissa Tomei, who could have been at this court case,
1: he could have called her James Redhorn, Not even a that guy. Too famous to be a that guy.
0: Yeah. So he's uh been in a million different things, and uh you know that uh, just like his IMDb has uh seriously about uh, ten thousand entries of uh, different things. He does a good job. I mean, he doesn't say one thing that's a joke. Uh, like he plays. No, he's very very serious. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, you know, I guess it was good casting. Anyway, so he opens up, and again, that this is like his arguments against the core four. You know, are all teetering on the very serious. I mean, this is a show in history. I mean, we have moments here, Akiva, of yeah. like the longest we go without a laugh line in the entire series. Yes, uh, the
1: the tenor, the tone of this episode is just so much different than the other episodes that I agree. It, it almost turns into like a, a drama or like a, you
0: know, a, a semi-serious, like, a, you know, courtroom sitcom. Right. And so we end up with like a whole long opening statement from uh, the DA. And he talks about how that these people were watched as this man was robbed at gunpoint. And again, there's, there's nothing that's funny about what he says. And he talks about how they have a history of selfishness self-absorption immaturity and greed uh and this time they've gone too far they need to be held accountable this time they'll be the ones who pay we see uh then jackie child stand up and um i guess that his opening statement is slightly funnier he talks about how they are innocent bystanders there's no such thing as guilty bystanders but again It's not a hilarious monologue from Jackie Childs. Then we go to commercial after that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's uh, again, we are really starting to uh, slow down the comedy here in this finale. I mean, there is no there is very little comedy in in
1: the witness sort of back the 19 aforementioned like witness back and forth scenes other than like, who is that? Oh, that's them again. Mm hmm. So the comedy's from rewatching the flashbacks, basically.
0: Yeah, we go back to the court case after the commercial and they call up the officer that made the arrest and they end up playing the video camera. And again, you know, while in the real time of it, we were sort of focused on the core four and, uh, you know, that there was maybe a little bit more humor to be had in watching the video of the, the POV of uh, John Panette being held at gunpoint. You know, the lines do come off particularly damning in what way it's just that we're watching a guy get mugged at gunpoint and they're talking about hey the great yeah. thing about robbing a fat guy it says yeah no not ideal right yeah.
1: if he if he was just repeating them if let's say the judge had not allowed had not permiss the video in to court right just reading them okay it's a funny joke maybe that maybe that actually gets a, a giggle from uh you know friends and family of the court board. but yeah Watching it, it's, it, that's a death blow to their case. No mm-hmm. pun intended.
0: Right. And so, you know, again, you know, we have this serious trial going on and there's really there's nothing funny about this. And then we finally get to calling the witnesses to the stand. And the first witness that they call to the stand is Mabel Choate. To me, this was an odd first person to bring into this court case, Keith where would you start again we got 19 people
1: two dozen if you include the people who got you know chopped on the cutting room floor who would you have
0: started with i think a more familiar face to the seinfeld viewer that the lady that jerry stole the marble rye from i mm. get that to the writers she
1: has a recogn- she has a recognizable face you could go with sidra i think everyone's gonna recognize sidra right terry atcher mm-hmm I think maybe you almost like start a little bit chronologically and you start with Bookman. How about
0: that? Maybe. But I I think that that's probably the same, the same issue. I think that for the, the writers of the series, I think that they feel like, okay, this was the second most heinous thing that they've done that we need to put them on trial for Jerry stealing the marble. Right. I just am, am feeling like that the people and it's maybe more so Jerry are saying, like, hey, just so you know, I'm not really like this. I really need to put these characters through yeah. their, uh, this penance of, you know, that they have to repent for everything they did wrong on the show. And this was the meanest thing that they did was stealing the marble rye from this woman and calling her an old bag. Right. I just say, you, you have to
1: beat it. Tell me what's better. Because some of the guys in the middle, like the pharmacist, the lady from, uh, it, you know, the used wheelchair, uh, her boyfriend from the pick with the nipple uh, like those are can't be anywhere near the beginning right that's just like a montage type thing mm-hmm. the low talker is sort of like the this is the comic relief halftime show right even though you could argue that shouldn't be in there either but if we're going one by one like i actually i get why they start with mabel Choate. i think you want to build up so you build up to the virgin which is a little bit bigger you build up to the bubble boy which is an iconic episode right you yeah. can't you can't start with the doctor saying restrain jubilation because i I, th- I think that's too much of a like a, a bombshell so i think you could only start with mabel schoder bookman from these 20
0: okay so we get the flashback to the marble rye uh still a very funny scene and uh still shot hilarious with jerry running towards the camera and we and you're in favor of these flashbacks I think that the flashbacks ultimately work because there's not a lot of comedy coming out of the courtroom. And I know that you could argue the point. Okay, well, it's dark comedy, but there's really not a lot of comedy or funny things happening in the court. Plus, it's breaking
1: up the monotony of 20 straight,
0: you know, witnesses parading to the (laughs) stand. Right. So the second witness they call the stand is Marla Penny. We bring in the Virgin. And uh, I mean, this was the one I felt like did work uh very very yeah, well. oh yeah she hits it out the actress actually nails it here she marla you know
1: the 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 Mar- marla penny is maybe the strongest of the witnesses
0: yes and
1: so Not in terms of like the heinousness of their crime just like how effective the actress is here
0: and it was also exciting at the time to yeah. you know have certain people it was exciting to see all of them rob again like it, it was it was such an original
1: concept like bring back all the people like even if you think it's, you have to think they they admit it's so much of a slog. It's mm-hmm. way too long. It's incredible. I'm pumping my fist. I couldn't believe how long it was going. Fourteen year old Akiva was like, "Well, like, what is like? Th- is this just for me?" I remember thinking that, like, this is well, that's basically very just for. Very self centered of you. I'm just saying, like, I'm the. I I even remember thinking during the finale, like, I I'm the only person who likes this. Okay, Like you know what I mean. Like, I want to see <laughs> very ten cool hours take. of. I like ten hours of like this parading to the stand, but it's so cool seeing these people, some of whom you haven't seen in five, six years. Mm-hmm.
0: So this is a get for Seinfeld to get Jane leaves here in the finale mm-hmm. that she is currently on Fraser. I'm pretty sure Frasier is still on the air at that point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So good job uh, getting her. And then of course that uh, she is coming in with the reveal that, okay, these people are terrible people that she was a virgin and these four made a wager about a contest about how long they could go without gratifying themselves i love
1: like so I, I really like like this proper britishness of i can't say like the gratification contest quote unquote out loud right that i you know like she's so embarrassed that she's like whispering and really shy and doesn't want to say it um i mean i guess she is a virgin right she is like literally approved i don't know well, she was uh, pre JFK Jr. Yeah, yeah. Now, right, right. Now, now, like she's been with JFK Jr. She's been around the block. But then she says it, and like Keith Hernandez is horrified. Like Keith Hernandez, w- you know what he did in the eighties? Like, I, like this, you know? Hey, they hey, had contests. A- <laughs> take that to another <laughs> podcast, Akiva. You know, Keith. They, I mean, they the contests they had in the eighties were like who could do the most. All oh, over- right, all <laughs> right, all right. right. It's,
0: uh, that's, stop, it. stop. it. stop Allegedly it. Allegedly, off of okay. Stop okay. it. Knock it off. You want to get Darryl Strawberry
1: pissed off at us too? Well, I, I you know, he, he, Darryl Strawberry probably uh, cheated in the contest. <laughs> I'm it was, out. It was Hernandez, Darling, Gooden, and Strawberry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dwight Gooden was the Kramer. Yeah.
1: That. I'm out. Depends what year it was. 85 was Gooden's year, but if it, you know, once you get to 86, 87, you might Okay. Not All right. Next up, Donald Sanger okay
0: aka george knows instantly the bubble boy
1: right it's weird because like a lot of the names like we've never heard before yeah right we didn't we didn't know at least the full names um but yeah so like the audience is sort of reacting like who before the doors open and it's just the same thing 15 different times so i get why people would not like it Mm -hmm. um yeah but
0: uh you know i love hearing the moops more story (laughs) <laughs> right and not the one of us with aj mass
1: no no i mean by the way that was like totally unplanned it, it happened to be amazing we sort of like didn't like opine on that but that was insane the the the, the 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 battle between that us. we literally had a moops more battle like right you know <laughs> like the same thing happened again it's kind of crazy <laughs> right uh, my take for for the bubble boy is like susan really deflated the bubble so she should really be on trial like in absentia here posthumously
0: right george could have had more sympathy for the bubble boy and everything that he was going
1: through oh sure i mean george is a hard like george shouldn't like if charles was a good lawyer george shouldn't
0: be allowed in the room he's just not behaving himself (laughs) right uh we end up spending time with the woman that kramer gave a used wheelchair to keeve for my weakest of the 19 yeah right the weakest Uh, by far weaker than any of the five that get cut right used wheelchair that's a sin uh, like oh you gave me a used wheelchair i mean defective wheelchair would be one thing but a used wheelchair well, it was, I mean, did, the, the, it was defective he, and then used right did he intentionally give her a wheelchair that
1: wasn't gonna work i mean i think he knew it was it wasn't good um the five people who get cut are arnold dean's fry who is the the head of the uh the you know the adult sort of um uh developmentally disabled group uh that you know in the jimmy Detective Blake, who uh, you know, who arrests them and Newman for kidnapping a dog, Mister Lippman, Ramon, the pool guy, who they literally throw in the pool and then refuse to resuscitate, and really the big name probably of the five is Poppy.
0: Yeah i'd rather have
1: poppy than any of those Denier. five any of yeah. those five i mean maybe not the kidnapping dog because the detective itself is not is not a memorable character
0: she's too high in the order also yeah and you know uh her she should getting, have been in the montage she should right. have been in the montage should have been in the montage that was an hour before the finale yeah but she should have got cut. i agree should okay. have got cut here so then we have the doctor that was on call the night that susan ross died and uh, that he is asked about George's reaction to finding out that Susan uh, had passed away, which he describes as restrained jubilation. Keeve, would you have called his reaction the same thing? I would have called it like uh, mild indifference. Mild indifference. Yeah i don 't know about restrained jubilation, I feel like that that 's probably a little bit of an over, yeah I mean he statement. said like
1: he 's a doctor who 's probably told many people that they 've died, and he said you know he couldn 't literally couldn 't save someone who licked an envelope uh, and he said that i 'll never forget that day as if it 's like an important day in his life hmm.
0: yeah, so so this is when the Rosses then uh jump out and they accuse George of being a murderer. You said you had a theory on the rosses' Keith okay
1: so are you familiar with the hulk hogan gawker case at all
0: yes and
1: you're aware that like while hulk hogan got the money uh it is widely assumed and alleged that uh the funding for that case was done by a wealthy allegedly uh, allegedly ale- i said allegedly done by, i mean uh, i'm I think saying it had, too i'm doubly yeah, saying it uh by by a man named peter thiel mm-hmm. right supposedly he funded the case because it was a you know an expensive case against the big company fine yeah I think the Rosses here. This is a small town in Latham, Massachusetts. How can they afford to like get all these witnesses together? They even mentioned the expense and how many how many people can they possibly have, you know, to work on this very minor trial for a nonviolent, irrelevant crime? I think the Rosses fu- you know foot the bill for the for the city to do this. I'm 100% sure of it. The Rosses were interesting they bankrolled this. I mean, they bankrolled the whole operation and we know they can bankroll it.
0: But if they have unlimited resources at which to make George Costanza's life miserable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, do they just strike at this opportunity where they read in the paper and they basically go and say, again, I'm not sure like how illegal this would be to sort of like be able to Go to a you know bureaucratic uh, agency of the law and say hey like we've got a blank check basically we will contribute whatever you need to the DA's office but if they had these unlimited resources why wait two and a half years after the death of Susan Ross no they
1: they didn't have a case like they didn't
0: have a case with the envelopes George picked them out how could you prove that. I mean, they couldn't have at least brought some sort of wrongful death suit against him. I, he doesn't have any money. He can't go to... If it's a suit, it's civil. What are they going to do? There, okay, so they already have money. Yeah, they have money and he doesn't. hmm Yeah, I guess so. So, yeah, I, I I think you're onto something.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think this is really ahead of their time, the Rosses. Yeah. And, of course, like we see, the you know, at the, he has a plan B, as we find out, the, you know, towards the end of the episode, Mr. Ross, in one of the crazier scenes of the whole series.
0: Yeah. So... We also then get to see the entrance of Sidra, aka Terry Hatcher, uh, who looks amazing here in the Seinfeld finale. Oh yeah, yeah! Like they, you know, she's not messing around. This is this is prime time Terry Hatcher. <laughs> yes, and so, blowing uh, people
1: off the screen.
0: Yep and uh watch it keep uh so here is uh terry hatcher comes in sidra uh they do have like a big reveal for each person it's almost like uh, less of a court case and more of like the wwe royal rumble in terms of oh totally that's a good call good god that's sidra's music (laughs) yeah that's right (laughs) she's real and she's
1: spectacular (laughs) this is the 11th person to come in at number eight no one's ever won from the eighth position Uh, You know, in 2004, Sidra came in third, uh, was eliminated by The Undertaker. You know, it's it's 100 percent. I never thought of it. It is really like the Royal Rumble.
0: Okay, so she describes how she went to a health club in 1993 and she met Sidra and then Elaine pretended to fall. Jerry sent her in there to find out if they were real.
1: (sighs) Yeah, I mean, truly an iconic scene. Like, you forget how amazing that scene is.
0: Mm hmm. Uh, then we have uh, the return of Bookman, Joe Bookman, the library cop. Yeah, um,
1: Bookman, you know, I, I have no problem with him being here. It's, it's you know one of the only really super early episodes, but it's a classic episode. Uh, and, you know, and Bookman is funny, so he's doing the same shtick he did last time. But I have no problem with Bookman being here.
0: Yeah, he's got a great line that they, he's asked on the stand about the book that's been out for 25 years. And he says, uh, we don't call them delinquents after that long. And the D.A. says, well, what do you call them? And he says, criminals. (laughs) So he does a good job with uh, with nailing that. Um, We see the woman who had the birthday party and then George made a beeline out during the fire. Uh, Yeah, it's one of the
1: most egregious Philbin things that George has done. But I don't think that she's super memorable so yeah. I, you know, you, I feel like it's a montage because she's not like it's a who is she character, right. even though it's not a who, it's not it's a big thing. If you're the prosecution, this is one of your top three or four thing. Like George was willing to sacrifice people in the fire.
0: I would rather had Eric the
1: clown. Yeah, I think the clown maybe here is is a better is a better call. Yeah, That's right. Bad. You um, want recognizable faces as much as possible, but Eric the clown was John Favreau, so maybe they couldn't get him. Maybe you couldn't get Johnny Favs. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe, maybe you didn't even want it. Been. I mean, this is a tough time for John Favs. Yeah, did Swingers come out yet? I think swingers had come out by ninety eight, I think so. No, yeah.
0: I think it's probably still a year away. You think swingers uh, I is think 99, swingers is ninety nine. Right, uh, what year did uh swingers... ninety six. So you're way off. Oh, okay. You're almost... way off. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Okay. No, that's from Cyber. You're way off.
1: Okay. Ten percent of the population is good looking? Not even close. Okay. Um
0: Euromyces yeah. Tysis security guard. I think this guy uh, could have been uh, a cut. Yeah, he could have been cut. Not a big uh, deal.
1: Again, Jerry didn't do anything wrong here. Yeah. like He peed in a, like this is not not comparable to right. robbing a little old lady.
0: I would say George uh, peeing in the health club uh, shower might have been worse than this.
1: Yeah, but there's no person really there. Like, who are you getting? I but yeah, I
0: think this is just this is a clear cut. Right. And again, we don't even have Poppy. Poppy didn't even make the final cut. Right um judge Vandalay is uh beginning to get a little testy uh what is he is he just getting upset with how disgusting these people are i think he's he's a, abhorred by, you know
1: he finds these people abhorrent but it's also just so long he like he wants to go home
0: yeah it's been a long day all right we do have kramer accused of uh, being a pimp at this point yeah i mean again this is a relatively recent episode But, you
1: know, to have like an unmemorable Wigmaster episode where like it's not the prostitute, it's just the detective
0: who Mm -hmm. remembers who the detective is. To me, this is very generic. Okay, Uh, we get the low talker, Keeve. Uh, I don't even understand why the low talker is on the witness stand. Uh, What is
1: she trying to allege? There's a deleted scene where she met where she says something and he says, oh, you know, they ruined your business because he, he insulted the shirt on the show. So that's what she's alleging that they ruined their business by mocking the shirt. Okay. Which is a thing, but I, I it, this is sort of like a, a palate cleanser between people ragging on them because nobody understands what she's saying. But, and it is from a pretty classic episode, but we could lose Leslie here. Okay.
0: Then uh, we get George Steinbrenner to the stand. Yeah. And now you need George Steinbrenner in this,
1: you know, he, he's a key part of the show. So I think you do need him in the episode, but He's not anti He shouldn't be anti-George. Like, I guess this is another theory, you know, piece of evidence that the Rosses have flipped some of the judges. Now, it's much harder to buy George Steinbrenner than the other 19 people who are coming up. Right. But I do mm-hmm. wonder if they got to him and sort of explained at least what happened with Susan. And, George, you know, Mr. Mr. Stein, you know, Steinemo is a little bit, uh, you know, he, he, I'd say he's easy to influence because he George wanted uh, George Steinbrenner wanted George Costanza to be a communist. Because then he could go to Cuba and get the baseball players, right? Mm -hmm. He was pro-communist. And now all of a sudden, he's he's ragging on him for being a communist, or at least mentioning it. I don't love it.
0: Right. So, yeah, he says that, uh, George, he was a good kid, lovely boy, shared his calzone with me. That was a heck of a sandwich, wasn't it, Georgie? And then uh, he says, what was the problem? Uh, He says he was a communist, thick as they come. Right.
1: Uh, but like, in fairness like maybe steinbrenner is just like telling the truth he's not like trying to get george in trouble necessarily
0: right and then here frank Costanza ends up yeah blurting out how could you spend 12 million dollars on hideki arabu yeah one of the funniest parts of the whole finale right just so great funny but ironically enough kiev that yeah. the late great hideki arabu would end up pitching on the night of May 14th, 1998. And you know what? He had a great game. Yeah. Oh, wow. He had a great game. Uh, Let me give you the line on Hideki Arabu the night of the Seinfeld finale. No longer with us, sadly. Yeah, it's the late great Hideki Arabu. Seven innings Mm. pitched. Okay. uh, Three hits. Mm -hmm. Five strikeouts. uh, Mm -hmm. Seven uh, shutout innings for I mean, this was his only good year.
1: Career ERA over five, so this was his only year, but... Yeah. And George Steinberg uh, famously called Hideki Arabu a bad word
0: Uh, and a fat toad, right? Yeah.
1: With a bad word thrown in there. Yes.
0: (laughs) Right. Uh, So this was a a nice job there by Hideki Arabu. Yankee bullpen almost uh, blows it then after that. Yeah. Mariano almost blew it. Well, uh, I believe he's going to end up leaving this game up five nothing. And then uh, here comes uh, Mike Stanton. And mm, then, uh, that. and Rivera even and uh, they're going to give up a couple of runs. Ultimately, ends up being a a, a game that goes to extra innings, uh, and the Yankees end up uh, winning. They lost seven, uh, They lost. They lost. Okay, they lost seven five. Look, I, I, they, they blew a five nothing lead in the eighth and ninth. That's terrible. <laughs> so, so it was a great night, I guess. Yeah, seven to five. So yeah, Arabu ends up leaving with probably uh, the best start of his whole career. Right, it's five nothing Yankee lead. And then uh, the, the, the Yankees give up uh, four in the eighth, one in the ninth. Uh, it's similar to the game that the Puerto Rican Day parade game that Jerry watches. Uh, yeah, yeah very similar. Puerto Rican Day parade for uh, the right. Yankees that night. Except uh, this game was real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So the parade of witnesses continues, Keeve, and uh, we hear about their involvement in the cockfighting ring.
1: Yeah, um, this isn't the most questionable choice, but I'd say from a why are you testifying you know aspect like marcelino you were the cockfighter right like why are you why are you you know saying that they and do you think he got like federal immunity in order to like turn on the seinfeld crew is that what happened new york
0: four yeah yeah i think so he knew about what was going on there uh so then we get uh uh, who is this testifying about how he got elaine's christmas card this is uh the pharmacist his name is roger okay they, i mean they really had to uh, oh geez, no wait no first oh, oh sorry sorry
1: no there's a few no sorry this is so there's like a little montage here right right before before the christmas card we have roger the pharmacist explaining that elaine got all these sponges mm-hmm. right that she got like a whole pack of sponges right and then uh the rabbi looks really sad there's like a cut to the rabbi who's like sort of in the background but never speaks i think in this episode mm-hmm. um and then right you have her boyfriend from the pick explaining the uh the, the nipple pick, right?
0: Right. From right. the pick, Yeah. You know, I feel like it was also a missed opportunity to have uh, Putty testify. Yeah, What would his sort of like, what's his thing? What would his what would the hook be on Putty testifying? I mean, he could talk about how she's going to hell and she took the Jesus fish off of his car and he's a Christian man. And, you know, um, you know, she, he had a good time with her, but, you know, he knows that she's going to hell. I think that that would definitely be, um, you know, I could see him saying that and her being upset that Putty ends up uh, blurting that out in the court. Right. I mean, is Lathe Massachusetts God country, though? Or are they going to care that
1: she's going to hell? Uh, I think it would play well. I mean, it's certainly more relevant than a lot of the other testimony. You know, Amir asked, why didn't the Rosses testify? That should have been like the main. That should have been like the, the cleanup spot. Right. Yeah. Like them giving, you know, going over the reasons for like Why? you know, they believe that George actually was responsible for Susan's death. Like if you call and then close with the Hampton, the Hampton story. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a real winner. Yeah. <laughs> for, for the mailbag, Amir has, has a, has a very detailed list of like who we think should have testified and why it's, it's really,
0: yeah, crazy. no, we really couldn't make the case that the prosecution actually really does botch this case. Yeah. If they lose, there would
1: be a lot of Monday mor- morning quarterbacking. First take on Monday after this would have been lit.
0: Right. I mean, the maximum sentence was five years. They actually uh, get, you know, 20 percent of the maximum sentence when uh, the grounds were there that they probably could have got them for a lot more.
1: Yeah, it seemed like right. Five years almost seemed like, why are you even putting this in the episode? Like, that just seems like way too much for violating this law. Mm -hmm. It should. The maximum sentence should
0: have been a year and they should have gotten the year. Yeah, we got Mr. Pitt back here and he mentions how Lane tried to smother him with a pillow. Right. any Anything that's
1: like they actually physically tried to kill me, I feel like is decent testimony. It's good testimony. All right.
0: So we get Yev Kasem to the stand. Uh, we learn the real name of the soup Nazi and the uh, soup Nazi. Uh, Jackie Childs calls him out. Boy, boy, you have a pet name for everybody. Yeah. I like when they say, can you spell Yev Kasem? And he says no. <laughs> Were you psyched to see the soup Nazi here in this spot?
1: yeah i think from a from like a here's who's coming back this is the big reveal Mm-hmm. Right. right this is this is sort of like they're like ooh, people will be excited to see the soup nazi again good Haven't god seen him.
0: that's the soup nazi's music
1: that's right if this is the royal rumble he's the surprise entrant
0: soup business is about to pick up uh, yeah is soup business? <laughs> but
1: <laughs> but that's right they end with 29 but then like babu is the is the 20th is the 20th witness or like the 30th i guess in the royal rumble terms he's sort of like the the you know the closer should they have switched the order on this why is babu the closer yeah i don't think so i i mean i don't think they should have kept it i think they should have switched i think babu 19 and Sub nazi 20 doesn't make any sense why babu's you know he has much more to do with them he's in multiple episodes and stuff but like it doesn't it, it the Sub nazi should have been like the big home run
0: right i mean they do have with babu that he's able to wag his finger at them and talk about how he called all along how very bad very you are a very very bad man so he does have the better signature i mean they ruined my soup business probably not the most compelling testimony but in terms of the person that you want to see soup nazi a bigger deal than babu yeah no question from any aspect uh anything else you want to say with the soup nazi uh
1: no he's, he's never been back from he's not back
0: be- be- uh, from the soup nazi episode right
1: no no, no it's just it's just uh the one episode in him so it is exciting to see him more so than maybe some of the people we've seen twice or three times i do think they they missed it you see a bunch of like flashbacks from the you know from the Assume nazi episode also mm-hmm. they really spend so much time on the flashbacks here you forget like how many minutes are just like repeating old seinfeld episodes
0: right So, Keeve, we go back to Geraldo and uh, the second Geraldo segment might be worse than the first one because uh, they're just setting up what we just saw and we're in the deliberation stages and Jane Wells is explaining to Geraldo what might be the most incriminating testimony. And they have a little bit of a conversation about that. Yeah,
1: she calls it the endless parade of witnesses, which also makes you think a lot of times they say, like, the jury gets mad at the prosecution for, like, stretching a case out. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a little bit of this here where, like, you know, like, the you know, maybe the jury is getting a little upset. Like, yeah. why do you have to call up all these people? Why couldn't you just, like, you know, give us the highlights?
0: Yeah. And so we get a little bit of a montage of everybody, how they're passing the time, waiting for the jury to deliberate.
1: Right. So this is worthwhile, I think. Right. The Geraldo Jane Wells stuff is not worthwhile. Mm-hmm. But um, right. Well, first, I think we start with with the core four. Yeah. So what do we see here during the jury deliberation? All right. So first we start with the core four and they're talking about, you know, wearing uniforms in prison and what they're going to wear. And Kramer says, don't worry. Jackie never loses uh so then you know so then we really start bouncing
0: around to other people we see well, can i just ask there's a weird a scene. dialogue yeah. here that's uh that i thought is a little weird uh kramer says to jerry hey don't worry jackie is going to get us off he never loses how about when he asked that cop if a black man has ever been to his house did you see the look at his face i don't know uh this is uh getting a little real in terms of the seinfeld dialogue yeah
1: Right, and we didn't, and it's not in the episode, right? Mm-hmm. So. Right. So, it's, yeah, it's a little like, you're making, you're sort of, like, retconning that this happened. It's a little weird. Then a very strange scene, probably the strangest scene of the whole double episode, uh, which is Estelle goes to, you know, try and, uh, you know, sort of, like, uh, seduce Art Vandelay, Judge Art Vandelay. Yeah. Did it work? Okay, so we don't know, right? Do you see, like, Vandelay walking in the hall afterwards?
0: right uh, you don't see him really with a smile weird. on his face we cut away before right. any sort of decision i mean they get one year they don't get five years yeah i, I have to say that she tried
1: something and that he didn't really kick her out mm-hmm. yeah I, guess, right? I mean she's he in the was, courtroom he wasn't mad it's at not it. like he... right i think it, it was sort of neutral to slightly helping but um yeah very weird that it's i mean mm-hmm. they couldn't have sent somebody else in it's still mm-hmm. they couldn't have sent in you know well, who like, else would uh, do that for them yeah i don't know right sidra's like no one's on their side and mm-hmm. Sidra's not in the courthouse, so I don't know. Right. I don't know exactly. There's not a lot of ex-girlfriends lying around. Yeah, it was so either Estelle or Helen. Right. Yeah, that's a question we don't need to ponder. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, Morty Seinfeld. Yeah. Um. Then we see. Then we see Sidra and Jackie Charles in bed. Yeah. Uh, and Jackie thinks that he's going to have days of uh, fun, but the you know the decision mm-hmm. is made pretty quickly. Yes.
0: That he tells uh, Sidra, hey, don't worry, this jury could be out for days. And then the phone rings and then uh, the jury is ready. And so he starts crying. Right. But be- right before that, we have a montage. So the montage is like r- the rabbi
1: pl- prays with the three parents who aren't seducing the judge. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we see Keith Hernandez and Mickey shooting pool with Banya and Peterman. Mm-hmm. It's a fun group. Uh, Put- yeah. Putty. That is a fun group. I would have liked to be there. Putty's doing something weird with the son. Mm hmm like tanning uh george steinbrenner yeah he's some sort of weird tanning thing george steinbrenner is going nuts at a restaurant mm-hmm. uh newman eating in his car you would feel that keith hernandez uh, and uh george steinbrenner would be hanging out yeah maybe but i met some of the yankees maybe they don't cross streams i don't know
0: i mean they have a
1: mutual friend in daryl strawberry true true i mean it depends what day it is sometimes you know straws on the outs with some of these people mm-hmm. uh yeah. and they could talk about doc good and also yeah um yeah, Dave you Cone see the soup nazi and, making and soup yeah it, Dwight Gooden. good and i feel like that they have a lot of uh decent times they could talk about uh the soup nazi uh uh he's making soup and with babu and and you know mm-hmm. some soup nazi stuff then the last the last the most like you know like i guess the weirdest uh scene is uh jarring. mr ross buying a gun right yeah jarring mr ross buys a gun so what do you think so would happen it's, like if, it's if- almost I think it would i think it 's better that they were found guilty, I think maybe he like takes out George, hopefully mm-hmm. not the whole gang, but maybe he takes out george if uh if they 're found not guilty wow would have been it would have been uh uh you know a disaster, a very dark ending to the show
0: very dark ending yeah i mean imagine they have this whole trial and then they sort of like uh, get blown away on like the courtroom uh steps on the way out i mean
1: I, like we 're not even talking about this show then I feel like that you know like it would just Would have ruined the entire
0: series. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What if there's an assassination attempt, but it it goes wrong? And does he get Newman? See, that's (laughs) funny. Yeah, (laughs) that would have been the better ending. Mister Ross uh, fires a gun at George, and then he takes
1: out Newman. Takes out Newman, and then Jerry says, "That's a shame." And then they walk away. I think we solved the finale. i think we made a better finale okay all
0: right that's a shame
1: and they like walk over newman and and and, like he's bleeding out and they're the only people who see it but like they good samaritan law him and they don't do anything about it Mm -hmm. they just like walk over his dying corpse all right right then we see sidra and jackie chiles uh you know uh, and then and then jackie chiles gets the phone ring right here's the phone ring so we
0: are going to get our final verdict from the jury Jerry and Elaine go back to that conversation from the plane. Hey, what was it that you were going to say with me to me on the plane when it was going down? And Elaine says, I always loved United Airlines. Is there a more dated uh, reference in this episode than I always loved United Airlines, Keith? You mean
1: because it would be impossible that somebody... <laughs> Would would ever love United Airlines <laughs>
0: since 1998? Nobody has said I've always loved United Airlines. It's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kramer feels like it's going to be good
1: that somebody smiled at him. uh right. But uh, but right. As Jerry points out, it's possible she's smiling at the fact that you're going to jail. Yeah, not
0: that's at you. possible. So the foreman of the jury uh, has the verdict, and so uh, the defendants rise and. The foreman announces we find the defendants guilty and the courtroom goes nuts. Keeve, did you happen to watch on the DVD the foreman of the jury finding them innocent? Um, you mean that they film the alternate scene you're talking about? They film about. the alternate scene. It's on the DVD. It's much ado about nothing. It's the same exact scene. It's yeah. not like there's nothing after it that happens differently. It's just that right. the woman says, We find the defendants innocent, and the jury goes nuts. Right. I do
1: wonder if, if, like, if is it NBC making them do that, or are they just trying to throw people off? You know, they got, we didn't get into so much, but like they went to like very 2017 methods of like, You know, the script was like, you know, had like data stuff on it. And, you know, each individual guest star says they only got like the lines that they had and not the entire script. So they really went through a lot of uh, trouble here. This is really the first probably, at least that I'm aware of, like the first series that really like went so hard into like keeping secrecy of the finale.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's
1: another show that uh, had a this. I mean, now it's Gora, but like, you know, Game of Thrones already announced that they're filming multiple endings
0: right i like i don't think that cheers uh went through right. any sort of cloak and dagger so. stuff in you know uh right. in 92 93 when they yeah. get to their finale i don't know if there's another like major Mash. finale yeah well yeah <laughs> like uh, i don't know what the biggest tv finales of the 90s were in the middle there but yeah, so they're really trying. They, originally, the script was being called uh, the the tough nut to crack, which was sort of like yeah. their code word. Even though the final script was the finale, yeah, not just like a generic sort of like placeholder for, for the right. I guess right,
1: the finale wouldn't have been a big spoiler had you called it that. But maybe if somebody saw them filming and like they saw the name of the episode, they would be mm-hmm. thrown off. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. yeah, so right, so as so she says guilty, and then like uh, still faints right away like cartoonishly faints right newman chokes right uh and like i think dies but maybe he didn't die maybe he, maybe not that's right and, and so then well, and then vandalay goes in in on them
0: yeah he says uh that he really just reads them the riot act and uh ultimately he says i do not know how or under what circumstances the four of you found each other but your callous indifference and utter disregard for anything that is good and decent has rocked the very foundation upon which our society is built. I can think of nothing more fitting than the four of you to spend a year removed from society so you can contemplate the manner in which you have conducted yourselves. I know I will. This court is adjourned. Uh, I mean, it's weird because,
1: right, like so the jury finds him guilty, but I guess vandelay is uh, the judge is sort of on the side here because he doesn't have to give them any jail time but he's mm-hmm. you know been horrified by what he's seen
0: but then why not give them the 5 years he's horrified the maximum yeah. is like the judge cuz that's like a ludicrous thing, right? sentence for like for nothing right he's horrified yeah but he's
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> 5 uh, years is so much for do, for just doing nothing like when you see a crime but yeah listen maybe it's still got the got it down from like 3 4 5 years down to 1
0: yeah well he doesn't give any indication of like uh you know I really should throw the book at you guys right and then we see you know george going straight to
1: blame mode and blaming kramer for hopping on the plane had to hop on that plane elaine tells putty not to wait for him all right uh and and then uh you know frank wants to be the frank wants to be the traffic which is really more of a morty thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's
0: right beating the traffic Uh, and then we get sidra and jackie Childs one more time come on jackie let's go and jerry uh can't believe jackie Childs is with sidra and he adds, uh, and by the way, they're real and they are spectacular. Jackie child's, uh, not taking this loss, uh, too badly.
1: No, I think it's his first loss of his career, but I feel like
0: he got the W today. hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Moral victory for Jackie child's. So we, oh no question. S- we see, uh, what ultimately is going to begin the final shot of this episode before we get to the tag. And Keeve, to me, this dialogue, Threw me off. I thought this was so strange. I don't know why this is in here. I really want to get into this conversation. Jerry tells the group, Mm -hmm. well, it's only a year. That's not so bad. We'll be out in a year and then we'll be back.
1: Yeah. You think I mean, right. It's unlike Jerry. Jerry should be. You know, Ken and Jerry would be like, you know, basically, you know, borderline suicidal at this point. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm
0: saying that this felt to me at the time, like, hold on, what are they saying here? Is Seinfeld going away for a year and then is coming back in a year? Is that what they're trying to tell us here? Because I, I think a lot of people ha- were interpreted that line that way, that the show was going away for one year, but then was coming back.
1: Right. Or at least I think there was wishful thinking. But, uh, you know, I'm sure people were speculating that the the next day.
0: Because the line is so bizarre that he would say it like that. We'll be out in a year and then we'll be back. I mean, if anything, you say, "Okay, we'll be out in a year and then we'll go back to our lives or something like that. Right. Yeah. It's a weird way to phrase it. I agree. It's it felt very much like that they were
1: signaling. Uh, I hear you. I mean, you'd almost have to be put yourself put yourself back in the 1998 sort of state of mind to even like think like that but yeah what you're saying isn't crazy
0: Mm -hmm. uh kramer feels like it could be fun you don't have to worry about meals or where you're going on saturday night they do shows maybe we could put on bye bye birdie or my fair lady yeah
1: um yeah and then elaine you know basically curse them out and they and they uh Mm -hmm. sort of blow that why like this is already way too long for like why has elaine been in prison with them this whole time like how come they haven't separated it by gender yet? It's weird, yeah,
0: right? That we don't know. That they don't we, just keep men and women in prison together always. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe for this group, this special case that, that, that they did. Yeah. Again, uh, it brings up some complications. They can't complications, be in <laughs> Yeah, of the bathroom situation, what's going on there. But um, Elaine asks, if I called Jill from prison, would it make up for the other calls? But I mean... You don't get your one phone call after you've been sentenced. I mean, the idea is there after you get arrested, you get one phone call, you call your lawyer.
1: Right. They, like the writers are Larry's writing this as if there's all been like one long day. It doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. Right. 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 Uh, like Maybe you get one call a day. It doesn't make any sense. Mm hmm.
0: And so Jerry does say that that one phone call would make up for the other ones. Yeah.
1: I mean, that would be a really big call. Like if, you, if she's your only call, then it's like, wow, you're I'm the only person you're thinking about right now. That is true.
0: Yeah. Kramer finally gets the water out of his ear. He says, "What a relief." Yep. And then we finally see Jerry point to a button on George's shirt and says, "You know, to me, that button is in the worst possible spot. The second button is the key button. It literally makes or breaks the shirt. Look at it. It's too high. No man's land." And George feels like they've had that conversation before. They have. It is the conversation which opens up the Seinfeld series. Yeah.
1: Very smart of Larry to put that in. Uh, you know, nobody was thinking about that, and and you know, like I, I mean, only only the most astute watchers picked it up right away. Mm-hmm. You know, until like the next day when people were. But it is literally right when Jerry and George sitting at Monk's, or really at Pete's in the uh, in Seinfeld Chronicles in the in the true pilot. Um, you know, there's literally the the dialogue he says. Um, although I think he adds, "You look like you live with your mom."
0: Mm-hmm uh if we did a list of the 10 things the seinfeld finale gets right this would be high up there for me
1: oh yeah for sure ending ending where you started is number one it's a brilliant sort of like way to do it even if it's not like the funniest thing it's like and it's like this whole episode it is only it is nothing if not a you know sort of like a love note to the super duper fans
0: Mm mm-hmm so Uh, That was well done. So uh, I will give uh, I've been hard on this finale, but I have to give some kudos there. Uh, We get a tag here, which I feel like is a little off as well, where Jerry is doing his stand up act in the jail. The notes about nothing say that they actually felt like that the final moments were too dark. They did this to lighten the mood. And Jerry is uh, up there doing his act. And talking about uh the yard, what's the deal with the yard? My mom wanted me to play with the yard, and now I didn't have to worry about my next door neighbor Tommy sticking me with a shiv. Uh Kramer is just going nuts. He's thinks that this is hilarious. And Jerry is doing like crowd work with the people in the prison.
1: Yeah, uh listen, if you didn't have like sort of this classic ending, I don't have a problem with the tag, but I feel like why not just end where you started? Although you could argue. That even though the Jerry George thing in the Seinfeld Chronicles and the pilot is the first thing Jerry does do stand up, mm-hmm. where he's talking about we should go out, right? Um, at, like you know going out and stuff, which is the 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 pilot stand up. So like it's not it's really you know not it's it, it, you know we're we're being maybe too precious with the like the beginning and the ending.
0: Well, I, I don't even mind it from there. It just seems like again that. They do not seem to be concerned at all. In fact, that Jerry is, like, joking around with the other inmates about, hey, what are you in fear for? Murder one? Ooh, I'm so scared. I better be nice to you. Uh, Grand Theft Auto? Well, maybe Jerry's been
1: in there for, it could be, like, a few months already, and, like, now he's a hardened criminal, you know,
0: hardened (laughs) prisoner. I guess so. He just seems very glib about the whole thing.
1: Yeah, Larry David is clearly a Grand Theft Auto guy. You can hear Larry yelling.
0: Yeah, so... Uh, that is the end of Seinfeld Cave. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. See you in the cafeteria. See you in the cafeteria. So ultimately, what are your takeaways? You, that you felt like that you were uh you, you were pretty satisfied with the finale, right? Uh,
1: I mean, it's it's a that's a very complicated question, because would I have preferred them to do sort of like a classic episode that was, you know, a top 10 episode? where we also got a little bit of maybe the Jerry and Elaine stuff or just something that signified it's a finale, and not a normal episode, but was funnier. Of course, I think so. But I I really appreciate what they tried to do. There's a million things I would do differently. And it is like the furthest thing from a perfect episode of television. But I could I, I, I I loved it so much when it aired and I was shocked that people didn't like it the next day. So it would be it would be, you know, silly of me now to sort of like go in on it that hard. Yeah. To me, it's just not
0: a funny episode of television. Well,
1: what do you what do you I agree. What did you think afterwards? Like, okay, the show is over. Were you at 10 o'clock Thursday night? Were you were you like, oh, that kind of sucked or or like what was your feeling right after the fact?
0: I think I was really just thrown for a loop with the talk that the show was going to come back. I think that that was also part of the confusion for me. It's like this was so weird. They, they went to jail, but they said they're coming back in a year. Like, I remember being like very thrown off and sort of like, oh, wait, but, but maybe they're not going to end on this. Maybe it is going to come back. And so I was just left confused. And I don't think that that is the emotion that they wanted to leave people with. Yeah. I did not uh, feel like, OK, we have given this show the ending that it deserved. I hear you. You know, I don't want to be, uh, you know, too ungrateful here, but I'm just saying that going back in, you know, that was how I felt that night. I never really went back and watched this over the, you know, uh, the coming. What what is this? Uh, You know, almost 20 years since this episode aired. And I really thought that maybe I had been too hard on it, but it just did not really uh, age well for me.
1: I know and I, I don't know like it's a little hard to sort of kill it because, because I think it does age more you know it ages worse than maybe you would have hoped but I, I, it, to me it's it, I, it accomplished what it tried to do I, I you know it it like I, I really think of it as like a love letter to the super fans of the show where it's like you know we're bringing all these characters back that you loved the more you watch the show the more you'll appreciate it and even though like half the people watching it have basically never watched Seinfeld before During this Mm. finale, it's like you we're rewarding the people who, you know, who've been with us since day one. And that's why we're starting the same way we ended.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to hearing some ideas of how we could have brought back all of the characters in this alternate Seinfeld finale that we'll talk about next week in our mailbag episode. Mailbag and feedback and ratings and all sorts of the extracurriculars that we do for every episode of this podcast uh should we go to jail next week should we get arrested in the finale of the Seinfeld poster recap I mean listen what do we I'm up for anything maybe I was Frogger, thinking like we can get arrested maybe for like some like disorderly ooh, what could we do um public what, indecency
1: how disorderly can we get we're mm-hmm. we gonna do it naked yeah I think podcasting naked is the ultimate bad naked right especially it'll be November there could be a lot of shrinkage as well a lot of shrinkage, yeah. I mean it's early November, but still it could get cold at night in the city. It there could be some shrinkage involved. I do I, I listen, all right, we're podcasting naked. It's uh November seventh, seven o'clock, somewhere in Manhattan. Sign up. I think now like the the people who signed up for the uh the you know, the Facebook uh, event group.
0: Would give the link one more time. Okay. It is go to postshowrecaps dot com slash frogger to get to that link. And uh, we have had uh, signups already. It's amazing. We just announced it here on this podcast and so many people are already signed up. Right. So however many people are signed up now, 50 something
1: people already um it will go down to zero we'll see it as this episode gets released once we <laughs> okay. once they hear our, our promise to be naked
0: why are there a ben lot of podcasting. people that are like adamant seinfeld finale supporters and i've offended them with my takes about how i did not enjoy the finale
1: no no no. It, it's no just the fact that we're promising to be naked is is what's
0: scaring them oh, away. I, I, well hold on who promised <laughs> uh, we just talked about how could we the oh, yeah would, we, i would say threatened threatened yes more like more than promise. Yeah. that's right
1: <laughs> if you guys how about if you don't show up then we're gonna do it okay um yeah next next week what, what are we doing rob
0: all right we're gonna answer all of your feedback uh we are going to get into the episode rating for the finale Akiva will reveal his top nine episode rankings of all time we will also give out letter grades or at least attempt to for the seinfeld finale and whatever else we come up with
1: yeah Yeah, if you have right, if you have any any overall theories about the series or anything, you know, you want us to get to, you know, now is the time to send it in as soon as possible. when you're listening to this because we don't know exactly when we're recording. It could be earlier. It could be later. We don't know. But um, yeah, we already have some good emails uh, ready to raring to go for next week.
0: All right. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, Special thanks to Scott St. Pierre, who uh, is putting this all together. Uh, Thank you so much, Scott, for all of your efforts along the way. Of course, uh, thanks so much to Mike Moore, who has written uh, so many episode recaps his uh dancing for joy that uh much like when uh the Patriots uh won their myriad of Super Bowls, he is uh very excited to be writing the final recap of this show, and then as well, uh, of course, uh thank you so much to you, Akiva, for your idea to do a Seinfeld post show recap. Well, we're not done yet,
1: so let's say let's stuff your thank yous in a sack for now you got it. uh you know. We could, I don't know, thanks. Uh, th- you know, we could say thank you next time or even at the uh, finale. But yeah. yeah, it's it's crazy that we're done, though. It's crazy that we finished the finale.
0: Yes. And also, thank you to Larry David for coming back with Curb Enthusiasm. So we still have a reason to do a podcast. Yeah, I would never speak to you again.
1: But now, <laughs> now we're literally not even taking a week off. We're just yeah. going right back into the next thing.
0: <laughs> all right. Good stuff. So, Looking forward good, to hearing job, what LD LD you guys now. have to say about all of that. And uh, let us know your thoughts on Twitter. What about well. a hashtag? Oh, yeah. A hashtag. What do you got? I got nothing I shouldn't have even brought it up <laughs> yeah well we need a hashtag um how about how about you hashtag
1: with your grade for the finale how about that mm. you tweet us that you listen and then say like you know ape. no you don't like it
0: well uh, hashtag no cell no cell is that what you wrote last time yeah that's what I wrote that's what I wrote down uh, earlier because uh it was a really do you remember what no cell was about yes that uh, that they really did a no cell of Elaine having a cell phone uh, so that's hashtag. Okay. N-O- so is that no cell with a C? Yeah, with a C.
1: Wordplay. Okay. And you could add your grade in that in that tweet, too. Sure. Let us know what you thought.
0: All right, everybody. Uh, Keeve is on Twitter at Keeve26. I'm at Rob Sisterino. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.